0: Welcome to another edition of Mass Mets and Ma'am. I'm your host, the Outlaw LA Red. You can find me on social media at JustinHarvey75. You can find the entire show on social media at Show 75 And today's a, today's a pretty special day. I think a lot of you are already waiting for our special guest. Of course, we have Meef Loaf over there from England. Where are you at in England, Meef? Pretty special day, I think. A lot of you are, are for What? What? Mifloaf? Mifloaf? Are you? Are you blowing it?
1: Hello, hello. Hi, where are
0: you, Mifloaf? <laughs> what country are you in? Cornwall, where are you?
1: England, which Cornwall. is like the foot, right
2: at the very bottom, miles from anywhere.
0: Cornhole, England. That's a great sounding place. Uh, Byron, how you doing?
2: I am doing fantastic. I am out in the Brooklyn, New York at Byron fever on all social media and money, social media apps. Um, I'm super excited for tonight.
0: You are. And I am as well, because our special guest this evening is Ejo Del Fantasma himself, who has just parted ways with AAA and is here to talk to us about all the fantastic things that are coming up. What is going on, Fantasma? How are you doing, man? How are you, my friend? Thank you for having me on the show.
3: Uh, I'm very happy, excited, uh, also nervous, and uh, just waiting to see what happens to my career.
0: Well, uh, let's. Uh, I'm going to start right here, right now. I mean, we have a few things we'd love to talk to you about, but um, breaking news, if you have been on Twitter this evening, uh, moments ago, AAA posted a very, very nice message to you um, and wishing you success on your future journeys um, now that you guys have amicably parted ways. And I, for one, was very happy, but also very surprised to see that. How are you feeling about that, that special message and shout-out you just got from AAA?
4: Well,
3: I, I got to tell you, it's, uh, this week has been a, a sad week, also uh, a week that has uh, shown me that I can still manage to negotiate things the proper way. And uh, A has been very, very good to me, to my career. And, you know, just uh, this past few weeks that I decided to part ways, uh, I, I brought the idea to office and they were just very, very nice understanding about it. And, you know, much respect for them
0: i love to see it too it's like uh i I feel like the past few years the business has changed drastically um when it comes to things like this and it's really nice to see that that guys can you further their careers without burning bridges anymore it didn't used to be that way that's right yeah
3: that's one of the things that i was concerned about because i have been more or less one of the faces of triple a for the last six years Mm -hmm. i've been there for every big show triple manias and uh sponsorships and whatnot so it was one of my concerns that even though other superstars have left uh in not 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 in a good fashion or not in the best possible fashion i i didn't want it to go that way Uh, as a matter of fact I might return one day I might want to return one day so uh, I didn't want to burn that bridge if you know what I mean
0: yeah so um this has been kind of uh, in the last year or so a lot of big stuff for you first of all you're sitting here with without the mask on the mask that we we grew to know and love the mask that me there has purchased I don't know how many times numerous you know, how many? That,
3: yeah numerous occasions <laughs> Yeah.
0: how how many how many masks do you have come on let's be honest uh, no
1: no just phantasma masks i don't want to get into the total number we don't have that kind of time brother (laughs) it's near 20 it's near 20 but i've got the 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 one of his father and the one that he wore um him and his father wore so they're very special that's awesome
0: okay well so i
1: have to ask the one from the uh where maps Last I have to ask with you this the, week, of,
0: since you're right here and, and you are definitely a, a fan of Phantasma. Um, why is it that you like him as a luchador? What makes him so special? I mean, I think you're probably the most qualified person well, to tell the world that.
1: Okay. So originally like I like, like Cuerno cause I got into LU LU was the launching pad for me really getting back into wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then um marco started talking to me about masks anyway but then i started watching and it was it was a suicide dive i mean the suicide dive got me hooked straight away
4: <laughs> because, oh like,
1: so yeah i'll just do 20 foot 20 foot out of the ring uh you know so i don't know it's the mixture of the technical ability what was that you're you breaking Rudo up and, uh, can be you said technical. technical ability and just mm-hmm. technical ability And also they're playing, you know, you can play Rudo, Technico, perfect. And I've always said, always been, I'll I'll think about this, is if you're going to build a company around a guy, you build it around. I'm not sucking up to him because he's here, he knows. Um, If you build a company around a guy, he he can talk English and he can cross that bridge in American audiences. That's something that certain TV shows have been looking for for years. and you know, it's it's the whole package, basically. You know, he's he's a great person. Again, I'm not looking to him, but he's a great person. He t- takes his time out with his fans. I mean, you only have to see the pictures with him, and well, it's it is with quite a lot of girls. But uh,
3: <laughs> my brother, my brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's very good with all his fans, and you know, y- you can tell a genuine person, and um, that always comes brother. across I'm well. And that's that's always the guy you want to get. You know put your support behind because he deserves the best. And hopefully we're putting him on. We're strapping into a rocket. Now we're going to get him to the top where he belongs. Well, I think so. And, and
0: me, I don't think you're alone. I think, uh, a lot of people found phantasma, especially stateside through lucha underground um which which had to be a little strange for you i mean initially like you had a mass gimmick already was mm-hmm. it strange to come into a completely different hood to come to a different mass to come to lucha underground
3: well right before i came to triple a i remember that was part of the deal that i was gonna go to this project in the united states uh where i would portray a different character maybe or maybe phantasma but from the very beginning, they told me I, I might have to do a different persona. So I was I was kind of ready for it because, you know, this is not my first uh, uh, character. Before this, I, I used one uh, named Top Secret, which was my... my it, it was going to be my father's name, but he wasn't able to use it. So he left it there. And uh, when I started doing my my underground Mexican shows, uh, I borrowed it. And that's how I became luchador by the first, you know, a lot of years ago. And then I became Hijo del Fantasma. And then when they told me, um, this is what we want you to do. And I remember it was, uh, of course, uh, Eric and uh, Chris Joseph. And they were all, you know, explaining the psychological profile of this character of this hunter and uh i don't know i mean from the very beginning i i just i understood what they wanted and it was both uh amusing entertaining for you as it was for me because i was just you know finding myself episode after episode and i loved it it was difficult at at the, at the beginning but then i would put on the corno mask and I would be become cuerno, and that was it, and I was hunting all over the place uh and then I would come back to Mexico and put on my fantasma gear and fantasma mask and it w- I would be the ulalab lab chocolate champ all of the sun so uh, it was uh it was a tricky at the beginning, but then it became so so amusing, and I loved it every second of it
1: uh
0: that uh- that's sounds- one of the things
1: I was going to say we all enjoyed. Um, a lot of- Sorry, I cut Sorry. you off. Maybe say it again. Was um, the difference in. Why does your. So, the, one of the things that I know everybody kind of like looked at and kind of uh, explained as being a trait of being good at the role was the fact that um, you could see the different body movement mm-hmm. when it was Querno. So, like, he was definitely more stalking and that kind of. Yes, yeah, when he used to do the slide. So the two different physicalities and to be able to kind of do that in when you're wrestling like all the time constantly and to be able to, you know, separate. And I know the tapings were for a week or two, a month. But you know, it was uh, good to see someone able to be to show different sides of a character or been able to do two different things.
3: Yeah, that is true. I actually you know, triple A is the number one promotion here in Mexico and uh it's it's well known. Around the globe, but many people doesn't know what AAA is or who the superstars are So when I first came to impact Many people didn't know I was the same guy That you know doing the Cuerno stuff and it was it was uh, amazing to them That it didn't look the same Uh, Only if you saw the tattoos or you know certain maneuvers, but they wouldn't they wouldn't associate one with another, and that that was choking for me because you know I was like it's I'm the same guy you know mm. and I had fans that liked Cuerno but didn't like fantasma, and a few fans did like Fantasma but didn't <laughs> like cuerno and it was it was funny to me because you know to me it's the same.
0: I was one of the I was one of the other ones. I was I was a Phantasma fan that didn't like Cuerno at first, and then <laughs> oh. uh, Casey, our other host that's not here today, was like, "You know that's Phantasma from AAA, right?" And I was like, "Oh shit, really?" <laughs> I honestly like the first two tapings. I think I went to um, in season one. I saw you perform, and I was like, "Oh, that's a that's a sweet gimmick." Like, is he a CMLL guy that I don't know? Like, where's this gimmick from? I didn't even realize that that gimmick was uh, a Lucha Underground exclusive gimmick because you know it was like. I was there because drago was there i came to see drago that that day and i was stoked it was the day that he returned in season one was my first taping that i went to and uh i just assumed that like oh everybody who's doing a luchador gimmick must be somebody that they brought up from triple a or somewhere else and that was their real gimmicks i didn't realize at that point in time that they had created gimmicks specifically for lucha underground yet um so then I saw you, and I was just like, oh, who is this guy, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and I had seen you as Phantasma a ton of times on AAA TV and, and different events. So it was pretty funny, and then I didn't really realize it. and I never did realize it. Casey actually told me. He was like, dude, you didn't notice the tattoos <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Casey, yeah. Casey notices that. all those kind of things. Like he could tell you in a heartbeat who's under any mask out there if they've done any other gimmick. Um, well, he but- told us
2: who he was, and then he told us like the whole history and – just the whole biography, everything. Casey knows everything about Lucha <laughs> Libre. And, yeah,
0: uh, I mean, it's not like you don't have uh, a very storied history in Lucha Libre. I mean, yeah. you did CMLL for a while. You were a trio champ there. Um, and that was, gosh, that was almost a decade ago now, right? Yeah, middleweight yeah. also. Yeah. And um, and then in AAA, let's see, you 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 unified the cruiserweight title, right?
3: Yeah, it was a fusion and cruiserweight title they they did only one which was the cruiserweight title and then i had that for quite a while actually and then um it was the latin american championship and also the antonio pena cup
0: right which gave uh, you the the latin american championship right wasn't that when you got it And also. damn you, Mundo, for taking it. Damn you. yeah, <laughs> Son mm. of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I remember
3: that Triple Mania. It was awesome. I mean, I've been to many Triple Manias, as you may know, because my dad was on the first, very first show of AAA. He was uh, in the main event. So I've been to a, a number of Triple Manias. And then I remember this very vividly. In the middle of that match, three-way match between Tejano, Mundo, and myself, the people started chanting at Arena Ciudad de Mexico in Spanish. This is lucha. They were chanting Esto es lucha, and that has never happened before. And I don't know if it'll happen again, but to me, it was a it was a, a highlight in my career. What is this? I've still
1: uh... got beef with Kevin Cross over that oh big kev you
2: got beef
0: with big kev don't tell don't say that he can come on this podcast all
2: he wants but he'll grudges me if you don't want to get on his back
0: it's okay he hates byron more that that is true that is true what is this that uh paul cross is asking about here this uh paul uh... cross
2: wants to know about um an incident with paul london in a bruised solar plex with me at triple mania are you
0: Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
3: uh remember the dive uh miff was talking about yes okay so we're doing this triple mania match interesting match by the way mixed match with uh uh, american wrestlers and mexican wrestlers and whatnot and so i i see the opportunity to do the cuerno thing uh i usually do the dive I've, i've been doing that perfecting that dive for decades now so i i look around and I see Paul, you know, just, you know, just there with his pretty face. And uh, I, I, I just, you know, I had to do it. So I ran my ass off and I dove and I went through him. <laughs> oh, God. I remember, I remember it was like, Ooh! and all of a sudden he was like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And that was it. I, I just went on with the match and then few months uh, from from that moment we saw each other at lucha underground tapings and he was like bro that dive is a suicide dive for whoever gets it I was like why he had to go to the hospital for that dive and uh i didn't i didn't realize that until months after the match
0: <laughs> did paul ever yeah. give you a receipt for that one
3: uh no actually no he never got the chance
0: <laughs> well my friend if you're coming up here and working some indies you never know when that check might be in the mail
2: <laughs> well he's he's, uh, he's running uh or booking Mav uh maverick right
0: yeah he's doing maverick wrestling which which mm-hmm. is one of the spots you should definitely look into like mm-hmm. well,
3: i guess he's booking me now
0: <laughs> yeah he's yeah. probably like oh let's get him in here
1: of losing streak there. I think
0: are there are there places that you're specifically excited to uh, to try to work uh, are there any promotions you're looking at that you can talk about right now or, or are you just looking to play the field and and see what's out there
3: well um, throughout my AAA run I wasn't able to do certain um, certain promotions uh, But now I would like to try all of the California promotions, of course, all of the LA area promotions, Um, you know, New York, Jersey, Chicago, um, Florida, Texas. Uh, I want to try it all. I want to go travel the world uh, and, uh, you know, see what's, what's going on. Well, English? here
0: in SoCal, SoCal is hot right now. I mean, I pretty know, much yeah. any weekend you got bar wrestling, you got PCW, you got L.A. Lucha now, which is probably a great spot for you. You got Maverick that's coming back. That's doing here in Vegas, I think. Um, and uh, who am I? i PWG, of course. <laughs> I mean, uh, right now, SoCal is a hotbed and uh, a, a bumps and bruises too. like there's a there's a few of them up here. That would be great. And then you've got uh, FSW that's been doing stuff around here in conjunction with uh, LA Lucha, and they're a Vegas promotion. They're a great spot. There's a lot of good promotions in San Diego. Um, and I know your fan base out here is strong. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it is. Hopefully so uh, if, hopefully we can if, get you up here.
3: Yeah, if, you, if, you, if that was a question in an exam, I would mark all of the above because I want to go to all of them. Yeah, I just want to make a tour.
0: Well, okay, so who, who's out there Mark on the indies the right now that left. you'd like to feud with? Who who would you call out if you could have if you two people that you could call out right now that you could beat up on the indies right now, that you could stab in the heart like you did London? <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Heard, any
2: suggestions? Well, Cody had his man, he became a free agent. He oh yeah down the Ruche. List. Ruche. 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 Oh yeah. He just went yeah. to the Ring of Bush.
3: I know. So, uh, unless I go to Ring of Honor, I don't think I'm going to face him in the States. But I might face him here in MLW. Mexico.
2: Yeah. MLW. Yeah. MLW,
3: yeah. <laughs> I'd love to go to MLW with Court Bauer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They have a lot of good stuff going on.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, low-key. I love low-key. I love working with him. Oh,
2: that would be fire.
3: Yeah. done about... it A couple of times. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed a lot working with him he's uh he's a great worker
1: yeah did you find him in aw with aw yeah I, I yeah i wrestled
3: with him in aw and also in uh impact and and someplace yes. else i can't remember but impact we did uh, i remember this three-way for the exhibition title it was Matt side out or Evan Bourne, uh loki and myself and it was a hell of a match I loved it. I, I enjoyed many of my matches in Impact, actually. I did Bobby Lashley. I did Alberto mm. Patron. I did Eddie Edwards for the NOAA title. It was uh, an amazing match. Um, of course, Low Key, uh, LAX. Um, Ishimori. I loved it, yeah.
2: Can I ask what it's like, uh, like working with Low Key, where he, he seems like he's such a departure from traditional Lucha Libre? He's like his matches or his style is just, it's just, I don't know if I could define it, you know? Like, how do you blend what he does and what you do together?
3: I think he's an amazing performer. His style is uh, somewhat of a mix between martial arts and uh, probably um, Pancras kind of stuff. very strong style and i dig that i dig that because a lot of my background comes from uh mixed martial arts combat combat sports all sorts of combat sports from boxing to uh oriental martial arts so when i have the opportunity to face someone like that that brings all of that to the table and also by the way he's uh A well-known and respected superstar at least to me so the the very first moment that I had to face him uh, the the first thing you have here is respect and he is one of the performers that always always moves around the respect that's the one thing that he that you can define him if you if you could say one word about the warrior is respect he likes that he he earns that and he commands that and that's my style too So the, the first time we had the match at AAW in Chicago, it was an amazing match and of course I did my dive <laughs>
4: uh,
3: and uh, And we we just had a, a, an amazing chemistry and uh, when we uh, saw each other an impact it, we, we had already started off. So it was we we gave great matches over there
0: um, I want to ask you about somebody else. I want to ask you about Tejano. You guys have gone back and forth from being on the same side to feuding with each other, been up and down the road together. What's it like working with Tejano? Because every time I see you guys go, whether it's together against other people or against each other, you guys are stiff as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just curious what it's like being on the other side Team of that how, how do you Team feel about that particular uh feud and rivalry
2: well
3: you, of course you know we've known each other forever like since we were very very little kids and so our our dads would put us to fight between each other it, it could be uh submissions it could be uh freestyle uh or just you know playing fight so we grew like that and now uh he's he's one of the people that brought me to triple a so at the beginning we were partners and we would be stiff to everyone else but then as as destiny usually has it we became enemies and then i felt what what truly, you know, what what stiff, what the concept of stiffness means, and uh, it's, it's it's cool. It's cool because we had some amazing matches, and and the, you know, of course the mask versus hair match is one of them. The three way for Triple Mania is another one. But along the way, we we threw a lot of a lot of bad bad blood punches to each other,
0: and we enjoyed it. By the way. Now that the hair versus mask match, he, how do how does do he you really cry popcorn that? though? What's that, Meef? I cut you off, Meef. Go ahead.
1: I said does he really cry popcorn? That's <laughs> <laughs>
0: terrible. <laughs> um,
1: no, so we'll never how, live that down.
0: How are you feel how do you feel about the, the hair versus mask match now? I
3: love the match, but the thing is, uh, you know how uh television Runs with time right? Oh, yeah, especially especially mm-hmm. when they stream the the matches and that was a, a very very long pay-per-view uh, We were told that we wouldn't be able to have a full house because uh, apparently to some people that match was not interesting enough uh, And it was uh, the first time we were at that venue it was a ten thousand people limit venue, and it ended up uh, having thirteen and uh, thirteen thousand five hundred people in attendance. So I guess we were attractive after all. But the thing is, everyone was trying to steal the show. <laughs> everyone, because it was such a hot crowd. It was you, 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 you would go out and see that. Place packed and you just wanted to do everything you could to win the crowd and so you know the time went out the window and by the time we had to go and perform we only had about 12 minutes or so Uh, but it was an amazing match and I loved it and uh, it, it was it was longer than the one they had this this weekend which was probably like six minutes or so
4: yeah
0: um okay so the other the other big apuestas match we have to talk about is poker aces yes um and the and the big big moment uh it's been a little while now but but how do you feel about about that moment was that your choice or was that was it pushed on you like how did how did you get to the moment where you were finally going to take off the mask
3: well you know it's a process uh it's a process and i guess Uh, it had to happen down the line uh, sometime uh, point. So I think I was just trying to become a bigger and bigger and bigger star before that match could happen. And I think I did a good job. They did a good job, an amazing job, building the character, the persona. And there's also one thing. When when the match came, you know, when they announced that it was going to be, a four-way match with Penta, L.A. Park, Psycho, and myself, I think the the main concern that I had, uh, at least I would have, was for people to believe whatever we did. Whatever happened in in that match, I just wanted people to believe the story that we would tell. So that was my my main concern and, and the source of the stress I had the days before the show. But then, when the show came, and uh, I found myself in the, the last 12 minutes of the night, which was a one-on-one with L.A. Park, I just enjoyed that match so much uh, that in the end, I was probably as happy as L.A. Park because I was satisfied, and people dig the match. You know, people was into the match they were invested in what we were doing and uh of course it was a stiff match it was it was the stiffest match i've ever had
0: well you had la park in there what would yeah. you
3: expect <laughs> i mean no not just la park it Was although, la park although the the greatest thing i
1: apologize the best thing was the chocolatito oh got cut off me the chocolatito throat slash
2: was that on his own? Did he learn that the throat slush was yeah. the best?
3: Yeah pretty much <laughs> if, if you see the if you see the, the gif, uh, I'm not looking at him. I'm, my face is down, and he was trying to comfort me, and he was pushing my head up like like that. Lift your face, you know, and that's when he probably felt frustrated because he saw I was crying, and that's he turned around he was like. And that's when I, I, I put my face up. I was like, whoa, whoa, come down. And he was so hot. He was so angry. I think he, you know, little sound bitch stole the show.
0: It was a <laughs> great killed, moment.
3: Yeah, we killed each other for yeah. 45 minutes. And then this little guy comes and steals the show for all of us.
0: <laughs> um, we had the same concerns before that match that you did. I mean, we debated it on this very show many, many times. Um, I, I I didn't debate it. Well, I I mean we I, did, I, we we I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> we questioned the believability of the setup a little bit at first, and then I will agree that by the time the show came around, it didn't matter anymore, and we yeah. were just all fully invested in it, and it was a really great moment, and we all enjoyed it, and we talked about it on the show back then too, and uh, it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, shit, I am so happy that they pulled that off, the way they pulled it off. It couldn't have been more exciting. It got people mm-hmm. popping. It got it got people talking about it um and so it worked and that's i mean that's really what you what you're looking for at the end of the day is fans to be entertained and for it to work to have believability to have real emotion which a lot of times you don't get to do in a match um where everyone's coming out of it at the end really feeling something for you guys as performers and you guys in there feeling you know emotional and that you really did something so kudos to you and everybody at triple a for that that match and the way it was performed and now coming out of it how does it feel to perform without a mask something that you've done your whole life
3: yeah well just close the triple mania uh, uh thing uh there's one thing that a lot of the teachers uh that teach lucha told me and told people like la park which is an old school kind of guy uh, and that is that it doesn't matter how how many things you can do, you know, maneuvers, high flying maneuvers or how, uh, ex- how, how good your math technique is or whatever. In this business, what you sell is emotions. And if you manage to get people invested in what you're doing, then that's it. You did it. All you had to do is go through the match. But you got to create emotions that's what we did and that's that's probably what i what i study the most about stuff because you know I'm, I'm i'm growing i'm 34 years old you know i'm not the 22 year old guy that i was before but i still move and i do all the stuff i do i do it perfectly but the one thing i keep perfecting is my ability to create emotions in people if I'm a bad guy, then you're gonna hate me. But if I'm the good guy, you're gonna love me and you're gonna cry with me. That's what I do. That's what we're all supposed to do. Instead of, you know, trying to steal the show or trying to outdo what he's doing or whatever, you know. Just if you sell your emotions,
0: that's it. That is absolutely the key. I agree. Um,
1: oh I was so, an emotional wreck for a month
0: Yeah, had yeah. me
1: was broken he was broken <laughs> i was like what am i gonna buy now there's no more masks to buy you're trying I to get along
0: oh. i have a few for you <laughs> see he's he, oh, okay. he's saving them he's saving them if things get tight you know what yeah. the, phone, the phone call on the other is gonna be, yeah. be fantastic like hey bro uh i had to miss a couple shows last week with a sprained ankle you want to buy a mask <laughs> Um. So so what is it like performing now without the mask? I mean, does it does it feel different out there to you? Is it a is it a big shift? Is it a big change? It was look, like the first four or five shows, it was it was a big deal cuz I uh, I
3: felt naked in lack of a better word. I I felt naked. But then I just I'm I'm a natural born wrestler, you know? I'm I I was born for this shit. So I I started enjoying it. Little by little, and now I feel, I feel like a fish in the water. You know, I just, I feel good. I feel good about it. And like I said before, like if you have your face, your, all your facial expressions out there, you can do so many things. You can play with the people. You know, like uh, some shows, I just go in there and make them my friends, and then by the end of the match, they hate my guts. And you know, that's that's probably what I. Uh, enjoy the most of this business.
0: So what's more fun though, Rudo or Technico? Oh, Rudo <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rudo, yeah
3: <laughs> Definitely
1: Was your second match?
3: My second match? Was, made,
1: was it like your second match with your father? Like it after you lost the mask Expo the Lucha It
3: was the fifth. Was
1: that was that the fit? Oh my god! You wrestled a lot that week.
3: Yeah, it was. It was like my fourth or fifth match after losing the, the mask. Yeah, and I hadn't. I hadn't wrestled with my dad in probably, fifteen years or so. So it was. It was. A... And
1: that was just after the, the problems, wasn't it? As well. So um, I love your dad because to get in the ring again. Oh. He was so amazing to do that, Axel Lucha. You cut out El Hefid Jefe de Jefes. Oh, I was just saying for your dad to wrestle in that match was quite a big thing. Yes, because um, I remember at the time there's a few issues and what have you, and yeah, the El Hefe de Hefes.
3: That's right. Just, uh, also, I
1: thought I mean, thought that was quite amazing. supportive moment.
3: Yeah, I think he looked good. I mean, he's a he's a legend. You know, he's a living legend of this sport. And uh, I think he looked good, you know, he, look, he looked ripped and big. And I don't know, I mean, he's my hero. I think you've noticed by now, but to wrestle with him uh, after 15 years, uh, I th- it was emotional and it was uh, also a highlight in my career.
0: Meef, I know you probably have a couple other questions. What else, what else do you want to ask your
1: favorite luchador?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh well, my, my, well, to be, to be honest, my, my thing was is um you you asked me a lot, a lot of them. To be honest with you, it have got to rack of my brain now. Oh, i a, 3, I'm a question
0: dealing son of a bitch. Me, if oh, you know yeah.
1: that, <laughs> I know. My, mine was just going to, but it was literally coming out of like the mask match. Um, how you felt that would um, be for your career, and how you felt it's gone since.
3: Well, the thing is. Uh, after a mask versus mask match, at least in Mexico. And this is important to tell, you know, to teach to the American audience or, or the international audience is how big that match is because after that match, you can either die as a performer. I mean, your career is it's done or you can become bigger, even bigger, a bigger star than you were before. I was, of course, afraid that uh, losing my mask would bring my career to an end. Uh, Thankfully, and, you know, me being how I am and uh, the way I I carry myself, you know, being a Rudo and the way I work people, uh, it was just a matter of time to realize that. And after four or five shows, I was just so comfortable and the crowd, you know, the audience was comfortable with me too. So it played good for both of us and right now I feel good. We we created this uh this table the the mercenarios uh with my brothers and uh I think it worked perfectly, beautifully for us. And now that I'm gone, I think they're going to carry on doing what we were doing, you know. Mm-hmm
0: so do you ever think that you'll wrestle with a mask again like would you ever do cuerno again that character instead with a mask i guess i, I if you know
3: several things would need to happen right of course uh,
0: obviously but,
3: <laughs> but i would because i think i learned to love the character because it's it's even though i didn't create it, the character i did create it, the character you know what i mean uh, it was me all the moves all the stuff so I I I Love the cartoon. I love the corner persona. So if the opportunity was there, of course, I would do it
0: No, so quickly back with lucha underground season three we didn't see a whole lot of you what was going on then i i was furious and i honestly did not know what was happening with you at the time and byron can attest to this i was furious because i felt like damn we invested all this time in this character in season two i wanted to see where it was going and then i pitched at krista joseph about it once about like i felt (laughs) like "Wait, wait what what the fuck's up with cuerno why are you gonna give me all this greatness get me all psyched and then i get nothing until the end of season three what's going on so what, what was going on in that period of time?
3: I had back surgery,
0: man. Well, see, I, I felt like I didn't notice you. I didn't notice you gone from triple. I, you know what? I think it has to do a lot with the TV schedules because I'm, you know, because of when Lucha Underground's airing, it was like, I was still yeah. seeing you, I think back in Mexico already at that point in time before all those episodes aired. So to me, it just felt like this, this tremendous gap, this void um where your character was gone but how is your back feeling now i mean and and how are you health wise in general at at 34 young years
3: (laughs) i'm stronger than ever stronger than than i ever was and i'm probably stronger than that i'll ever be
2: i remember i remember casey and i were standing uh, justin you might have been there too um we were front row in the bleachers right by dario's office um at the original temple and i I think it had to have been near the end of season two where you took a ladder bump where you're you just straight you're on top of the ladder and just straight fell on your back.
3: That's the one.
2: That's the one.
3: Yeah, another highlight
2: of my career. Oh <laughs> <laughs> that was like it was almost sickening to like hear that in person.
3: Yeah, but you know what happened? I think uh hands down, we gotta recognize and acknowledge the fact that the guys that, you know, probably restarted this whole lucha revolution is the Fantastic Four that I like to call, which was Pentagon, Phoenix, Drago, and myself. The first Mexican, the first four Mexicans in Lucha Underground. Of course, Mesias is two, but he's uh, from Puerto Rico. Uh, Sexy Dulce, and uh, we were just so into it. And so invested in what we were doing. If 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 you all guys humor me for a second and, and we go back a few years, do you remember the boss? What everyone was saying about the show? How everyone was trying to duplicate what we were doing. So we kind of felt that we was leading something, you know, like like we were the leaders of a movement, so to speak. And so we were just, you know, one notch up every single episode and then one more and then one more and then one more until people started to, you know, get hurt. <laughs> so that's that's when we were like, okay, okay. We're doing this the right way. So just calm down a little bit and carry on with what you were doing. <laughs> and, and that's when uh we sort of paced ourselves a little bit, but I remember that it was such an exciting moment in my life and in my career and i enjoyed every single second of that because we were just uh the number one show in wrestling slash lucha libre all around the globe
4: well i I mean i
0: I personally have to thank you guys because you know lucha underground and what you guys were doing that first season is what brought me back to wrestling i was a huge huge wrestling fan all through the 90s early 2000s Um, You know, and I was a big ECW mark back in the day, and I hadn't had that type of feeling like a lot of fans had with ECW again until Lucha Underground. I mean, I literally I did not watch WWE like the entire time that Daniel Bryan and CM Punk were basically the big thing over there. I didn't watch anything (laughs) or I didn't watch any of that era of wrestling at all. And then Lucha Underground and what you guys were doing brought me back. I think I was out from 2002. I I mean, and it was it was a long period of time. And then I realized once I saw Lucha Underground, I went to a couple of live shows, um, you know, and and I had seen uh, a a lot of you guys stuff from AAA. I'd been watching a little bit of AAA and I'd Mm. seen Drago. A lot of a few of my friends were like, you'd love this Drago guy, you know, because I was a big Rey Mysterio fan back in the day. So they were like, oh, check out Drago. You'd like him. And then when I heard he was at Lucha Underground, I was like, I definitely want to check this out. And that's when, of course, I saw you and and Penta come in, and all these other guys. And Casey was a huge Penta mark, and you know Meef is a huge Cuerno mark, and Byron is just a mark. Yeah. <laughs> but it was <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, I, I was talking I'm, with I'm I'm, Van, a, I'm a
1: huge huge Phoenix mark as well. You Phoenix mark, yeah. yeah.
0: And I was talking to to <laughs> to Eric Van Wagner about this too, yeah. and I I really hope that. Um, regardless of where Lucha Underground is at right now, regardless of where it goes from here, that people remember the mark that it left. You would not have the business being what it is right now if it weren't for the feeling I think that you guys had in that locker room. And it wasn't even something that the the guys like us were seeing, but we would catch wind of it. And then every time we would talk to a performer, they would tell us that what we're doing is different. What we're feeling is different. What is happening here is honest to God different. And when you hear that story enough times and you see it on enough people's faces, and then eventually as we got in tighter with a lot of different people and, and saw it firsthand ourselves, it's really hard for people to understand just how important that locker room is to the entire business right now. I mean, these companies that have never even thought about working together before are now cooperating. Talent is cooperating. And it's like the like the whole universe outside of WWE has started to unite as, as wrestling as a whole, as an industry. And I really feel like that came from that season one and two Lucha Underground locker room.
3: Yeah, and uh, if you let me say something about that, do you remember, uh, I'm going to say two things. The first one, uh, do you remember what happened in the 90s when Conan brought all the Mexican wrestlers to the States?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For oh, yes, I remember. ECW,
3: that ECW, yeah, that's, that's, that's our place. That's... And that was, to me, That I mean, at least I've been in this business for 34 years. So, to me it was a big revolution and the Latino world order and Eddie Guerrero, Ray Mysterio, Hector Garza, LA park, Villanos, all you know, silver King, Dandy. And then something happened and it was only Eddie Guerrero and uh, Ray Mysterio. And then it happened again with Lucha Underground. And mm-hmm. if you see, if, if you see and analyze that, Every once in a while comes a person or an individual that can manage to do something like that. And I'm talking about Conan. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: He did it back then. And then he did it again in Lucha Underground. And then I don't know, for some reason he left. And then he's
0: doing it again in Triple A. Remember the. Yeah, because
1: we've all commented. Uh, and about, yeah, uh, we've we've definitely products, talked man. about
0: it on this show how Conan yeah. is one of the most influential factors yeah. in uniting wrestling is, right now.
3: He's the most powerful guy outside of the mainstream, if you if you will. Do you remember the show before Rey de Reyes? I think it was to pick when I came out with the Blue Demon mask.
1: Yes, I love
3: that. I I opened the show and I closed the show, and. Everyone was saying that was the best show they had seen in years and That's because of that guy Conan he can do that he he's so powerful here and here and he he can do stuff like that and so I think that season one and two big part of it, you know uh, when it comes to the Mexican guys because he was our go-to guy for everything. And he was always right here telling me what to do and what not to do and this and that. Phoenix, Penta, Drago, Aerostar, Tejano, whatever, you know? And, of course, in the American side was Chris De Joseph, Eric Van Wagenen, and, uh, you know, all, all the guys that were. It was such an amazing place to be. Uh, the atmosphere, uh, even the cameramen they're... I used to dive and the cameramen would know where to go, where to just, they would jump, they would just jump all over the place. And uh, I remember that so vividly. And the second thing I wanted to say is, do you remember ECW's one night stand?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
3: What would happen if, if you know, you know, all, all things said and done aside, what would happen if we could do it just one more time all of us all of us Mm -hmm. what would happen
0: that's uh that's been my pitch honestly a lot of people have talked about this that and the other thing of like what what to do and what i would love to see happen um as a fan and as a friend of a lot of you guys in the back and as a friend of the producers what i really think should happen with lucha underground at this point is i would love to see one weekend of tapings with followed by one week of backstage filming, finish the whole thing off, get the whole band back together, try to get as much of the original cast back together, all the nonsense, all the outside of the ring stuff, all the, the whatever aside, everybody get back together for one weekend, do a taping, make it a mini series, a very short mini series, three or four episodes total on El Rey, but give everybody a chance to come back give their characters the, the, the send-off that they deserve if Lucha Underground's not going to keep going, and, and really bring back everything to that locker room. Give Krista Joseph a chance to finish those great ideas. Give everybody a chance to step into that character one last time and really give the character the, the, the send-off that they all deserve. Uh, I hate the the fizzling out effect that I think started when that hiatus happened, the television break, uh, unnatural television break that nobody involved with producing the show wanted. That was completely a network decision. Um, but it, it, it put the brakes on a little bit. And I think that one of the ways to finish things off would be that way. And the reason I would really love to see something like that is this show deserves to have its Clocher. legacy be intact closure. Yeah, and, 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 the, and the legacy of this show is important. It's important to the wrestling business, and I don't want to see it fizzle out and people just be like, oh, yeah, that show was fine, but whatever. It got shitty. Like If that's the last thing people yeah. say about the show, I will personally not be satisfied, and I know a lot of people that invested their time and their hearts, and, and if you look in our chat room right now, Phantasma, it is full of people saying that Lucha Underground is what brought them back to wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm I looking at 20 separate comments here about how Lucha Underground revived their faith in the whole wrestling business. And, and I hope that, you know, the, the big wigs up top at, at Univision and El Rey and Factory Made and, you know, Lucha Libre FMB that these guys that are actually controlling this decision and have to agree with each other to make it happen can find some way that one last time, one last time, get the band back together, get that locker room back together, have everybody be on the same page, happy to see each other, happy to work together, to trust each other with their bodies, to trust each other with these storylines and these characters one last time and really send it out with a bang.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if that will will ever happen, but it might be a pipe dream. (laughs) Yeah. If that happens, I'm not taking the table bump again. (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, you know, you know what's happy i uh, i find it very um satisfying to see uh maybe uh guys from ring of honor doing lucha stuff yeah and uh, and watching uh NXT guys do lucha stuff incorporating lucha stuff into their you know their their stuff and uh main roster guys doing lucha stuff mm-hmm. because i know that they must have seen it somewhere and probably they saw it with us.
2: Well, that's, and, uh, yeah, that's what you're talking about. Go,
3: yeah, and if I ever go to any of these companies, I'm a Lucha original. I'm an OG of Lucha Libre. So that puts me in a different position. I love that because I learned the American style, but in the process, uh, we learned to create this hybrid, and mm-hmm. everywhere you go, you see that nowadays.
2: I would love to see um you uh match up against uh CN Almus in WWE. I think you both kind of Who? Uh, oh. uh is he Almas now? La Sombra. La Sombra, oh, yeah. Andrade. Andrade Andrade Yeah, they're like they're taking half his name away. But uh <laughs> I forgot which one he got to keep. But he's amazing. But yeah it's fully known as he we also, know,
3: like, uh, yeah. We used we known each other for years. Did you know that?
1: Oh wow! You were tucking, weren't you, in CML? Yeah, I oh, uh,
3: together my my second, I, my first or second match was with him, <laughs> and then we 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 wrestled a lot together back in the day, and uh, he has evolved a lot from those days. He was an amazing high flyer, like an out of this world high flyer, and then he became into what you see nowadays. With and he's he does many things that I like in a match which is he can start you know doing chain wrestling and then spice it up a little bit and maybe do a dive and then maybe be a heel for a little bit and then come back to the high flying maneuvers and that keeps the people on edge you know i love that
0: do you see did you ever see a point in time when you would yourself go to wwe would you ever consider that
4: yeah
3: yeah i i did i i only did one trial and it was, uh, I think, in 2009 here in Mexico City. And uh, everyone, everyone liked it. I remember all the people saying, I, I, Sombra, Andrade, he did it with me that day. And um, everyone was, you know, loved it and whatever. And I think uh, they didn't do nothing back then with Lucha. Mm. So they, they didn't call us back. But then they resumed with the Lucha thing after the Lucha Underground stuff. And then uh, I think they wanted many people to go, you know, many people from the show to go.
0: Yeah, I would be I would be curious to see that. I could say right now NXT could definitely use a couple of more superstars of your caliber if they got a guy like you in there. But at the same time, I also want to see you go and clean up on these indies, man. There's some guys holding some belts around here um that i think you might need to have a conversation with and including including kevin cross holding that maverick belt i think i think you might yeah killer cross is that what we're calling him these days um i
4: don't
0: know i think i think he That's could uh he could use some 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 hands <laughs> there's a few guys around town that could use some hands i think and i think you might be the guy the to guy. take care of him
3: i love the guy
0: yeah, it yeah, doesn't mean you can't you kick know, his ass in the street. I, I, need you, I, need you
3: guys, I need you guys to know one thing, and this is important. We're live, and I want everyone to know this. Have you seen Kevin Cross's back?
4: Yeah. Yes. Have you ever yeah.
3: seen a very special tattoo over there?
0: The cuerno, of, the uh, horns. Of, uh, uh, yeah, of, of a
3: king cuerno. He's a keen Querno yeah. lover, my brother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he yeah. is. He's your. He's. He is a Cuerno mark, isn't he? Oh wow! He
3: is. He is. So I'm so grateful for Kevin. You know, performing at such a high level now and always representing Cuerno. Much love, my brother.
1: You know, I've got to Photoshop that now, don't you? <laughs> oh, I've got to yeah. Photoshop <laughs> Querno onto back.
3: <laughs> has, always, has to happen. I always give him shit for that tattoo. I think he's gonna have it removed at some time. Yeah, at some point.
0: Now, what what is the translation of Cuerno? Is it horns or is it antlers or is it horns. what is the? It's horns, right?
3: Actually, the, the I think the original name was gonna be King Horn, and then someone thought it was it was yeah, and it, it's better Cuerno.
1: Cuerno is much better yeah. than King Horn. Pandoche. Pandoche.
0: <laughs> um, this reminds me of food. So what's next? Do you have any bookings? Do you have anything you want to plug? How can people book you? What what's Let's talk about the future, man. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, if there's uh, any promotions out there that want to book me, you can do it uh, through my social media, which is uh, at Hijo del Fantasma and Twitter and Instagram or through you guys.
0: Yeah. Hit <laughs> you us can up. Be,
3: you, can, you guys can be my managers for a while.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Look at me, Flo. If he might pass out. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he, I've, he's I've, my, I've, 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 I told you. <laughs> well, I know, I know. Meef is definitely I'm, trying to hook up those UK contacts, and we'll definitely yeah. try to talk to our our SoCal and Vegas buddies for you, because I want to be able to see you myself, and I'm certainly not going to wait around for Lucha Underground to uh, <laughs> to be pulling anybody yeah. back in anytime soon. So let's let's see if we can get you on some shows, man, and and make some things happen, because I am I am excited. You know, as much as I love seeing you in AAA. Um, I know that at at certain times people just need to have a different look in life. They need to go out there, test Mm -hmm. the waters, see what's out there and have a little fun, man. I I can't wait to see you get out there and just have some fun with all this.
3: Yeah, I think that that's one of the reasons why I decided to part ways with AAA. Because sometimes, uh, you know, you just need to give the audience certain variety. And it was becoming a somewhat... uh, Mm -hmm the same story over and over with me
4: yeah
3: I, I i can't speak for everyone else and so i just i just thought that maybe it was time for me to go out there and just you know make a make a tour in the indies here in mexico uh, in the states and Japan. probably Europe, you know and just you know travel a little bit chill uh enjoy of course keep training keep keep getting better and i don't know probably come back in the future you know who knows
0: Awesome. You guys got anything else for, for our friend Phantasma before we let him go?
1: Thank you very much for joining us, and uh I'll see you soon.
3: My brother, uh thank you very much for being such a true friend with me. My special operative in the UK and European Union. I'm going to see you in May, so be yep. ready, my brother.
2: Byron, you got anything oh, you want to add? I will. I'll take it. Um, um great answer. Um, <laughs> it's great. knowledge just I want to hear more about other other uh wrestlers um who you wanna match up against. But um I hope we get to see that, you know, down the road very soon. Um what other what other shows are so you're gonna be um out in England soon? What other what other shows do you already have booked? Um that we can um, see that?
3: So far I only have this show in May, the Lucha mm-hmm. Lucha World, I think it is. And um yeah i hope i can get booked with uh with someone else over there you know some of the big promotions there uh i want to i want to work there for a while and then of course the states you know the, the various numerous promotions over there pwg you know
2: yeah oh i i wanted to say earlier uh when you were talking about how um with conan and wcw how he brought lucha into the mainstream then and then it died down to just two um, it seems that for the longest time, and and still there's a bit of a struggle today with WWE presenting Lucha Libre, but when Lucha Underground came out, you started to see a resurgence, like you're talking about. Like I just I remember that I went to uh, Bola PWG, and like they blew the roof off, uh, Penta Phoenix, Aerostar, and Drago, I think. And then after that, you start seeing them booked at all the other indies, and from there that had built up to where like NXT, which is kind of like the that's WWE's indie presentation. You know, they started doing it and it just it seems like it's come up and infiltrated the entire wrestling scene. And it's it started with Lucha Underground. And it was so cool for me because I was one of those fan wrestling fans who watched NWO and stopped watching for the longest time. And I came back with Justin and Casey. Um, and everyone else at Lucha Underground, but it, it showed Lucha Libre in a way that American fans can digest it, you know? And I think that's another great aspect to your style to where you have that Lucha Libre aspect, but you do, you have that, uh, you portray the emotions of the match so well. And there's something there's new, but there's also something American fans can latch onto. Um, I don't know if that's a question, but just, <laughs> I don't think that was a question, but I love everything you're saying, Byron. But uh, but you know, in all, of that, in all of that, I'm very, very excited to see what you do because we have there's in that original class, you have like Pentagon and Phoenix. They jumped out and they took the world by storm and now they wrote their own rules. Like you have you know, for all that, like for all Cody said that he's doing with writing his own contracts, that's what Phoenix and Pentagon did before him, you know? And And now we get the opportunity to see you take the world by storm. And that's very exciting, I think.
3: Yeah, it is is exciting to me too. And uh, I feel exactly the same way you do. Only I think we still need to let the American fans know a little bit more about Lucha. So that maybe one day we'll see a mask versus mask or mask versus hair match. And everyone's gonna be as invested as Mexican people is in a triple mania. And we might see that soon because we have ambassadors like myself, like Andrade, like Mysterio, that we can just help them little by little digest this. And probably it'll become a part, an important part for every American show in the future.
0: I don't also, know if i'm ready for that though fantasma like look i was okay with you losing the mask but you got a pretty pretty head of hair <laughs> and i don't know if i i don't know if i'm going to be able to handle yeah. that moment if that happens stateside where where the hair comes off i, I don't oh, No, that's no, a no, tough that, pill to swallow <laughs>
3: that's also i want, well, I, want I, 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 I will want say to as well i think something sorry. i just saw my main man kevin cross said that cuerno carter was based off on his tattoo I think he's trying to save some face for the fact that he was such a mark that he had my character tattooed in his back. It's okay, Kev. It's okay. We love you.
1: I heard that's why he turned up at Lucha Underground. He turned up oh, just as a fan, and they're like, "Oh, you look like a wrestler. <laughs> you can get a gig. Here. Yeah, you'll be fine." Yeah. <laughs> Well, this has been I'm gonna land on my headset. Yeah, soon. you are you, you guys are all in first. <laughs> you can keep my doors gonna
0: get kicked through. Little double sideo head headache. Um anyway, thank you so much for joining us, Fantasma. This has been truly, truly epic. Um and, and especially coming right off the news. Um from, from parting with AAA. I'm very happy to see that, uh, everything was amicable and worked out nicely. I love the fact that you, you do business as a gentleman and that you keep it real and that you're, you're doing things the right way, which is very, very difficult to do in the business sometimes, as we all know, but thank you so much for coming here to talk about it. And, uh, you are welcome back at any point in time. Let's see you out on some shows. The second you got something that you want to come and talk about, you are always welcome here. My friend always.
3: Thank you, my brothers from another mother's for having me on the show. And I hope I see you soon uh, in a, in a show or I don't know. I'm just, I'm hoping to see you guys soon. And you know, this is an exciting time for me in my life and my career. And uh, I'm just happy to see what, what life has got for me from now on. But from now on, going to be hashtag La Leyenda. That's it. The legend has born. And so we got to go on doing what we do
0: all right you heard it from the man himself thank you again so much for joining us tonight take and care, bro. we will talk to you soon take care of amazing stuff from awesome. hijo del fantasma um so you guys heard. i'll breathe
1: talking. now i can breathe now
0: you can breathe me 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 flipped guys me so
2: lived. what's his new hashtag now
1: La lalanda
0: La oh the legend right is that what yeah. that means? or legendary. Legend oh. So um, the, the, the there's a couple legendary. other things I want to talk about. Um, just regular wrestling stuff. I do want to talk a little bit about Raider Reyes. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that that was uh, a very entertaining show. I do want to talk a little bit uh, about UFC because <laughs> that was a an, an incredible uh, spectacle this past weekend and this week with a few things happening there. Um, so but first I, I want to talk about AAA uh, Raider Reyes. Did you guys watch Raider Reyes?
2: Absolutely no, Meef.
0: Meef. really? No, no fantasma, no party. No
1: fantasma, no party.
0: I appreciate that, that about you. You are very, very loyal. But I will say that
1: uh, I'm joking. I actually watched the replay.
0: Yeah the the moment of the show. Um, I'm not going to talk about the entire show. I mean, you had uh, uh, some weirdness with hamburgesa in the beginning, and then you had uh, the Cody thing, which was was very big deal early Ooh. on. Yeah. Um. And I definitely want to talk about that. But I'm going to jump right to the moment that stole the show for me that I did not see coming somehow, even though it should have been obvious. Yeah. Aerostar is the Highlander. There can be only one, one man with a sword that decapitates all other men. And it's freaking Aerostar. Finally. How mm-hmm. did this happen? This is amazing to me.
2: I'm so happy. I almost, I almost like I was for like the minutes leading up to it. My brain wasn't processing it. It was like mm. not at
0: all. I agree. I was not expecting that finish.
2: Like obvious. Like he should. He should have won years ago. But I didn't think Triple A would have done that.
1: I mean, to me, it's, it was it, just it's like definitely nice to see Aerostar starting to uh, pick up these wins and big matches because it's it's a couple of months now. He's started to really pick up, which is great because he's one of the most deserving guys there who's been under. <laughs> appreciate it for years
0: well and and to me one of my biggest things about aerostar is please please some promotion really give this guy the rub so that he stops jumping off of shit (laughs) it's like if the promotions don't give him the rub he's going to keep trying to get the rub himself and he's going to do that by hurtling himself off of something that is really really
1: high in the air i need to tell you a little fact about myself all right so Uh every time i enter a building i have a couple of things i do Figure out how good it is for a zombie apocalypse stronghold. Okay. Figure out alternative fire escapes, should there be a fire and they've not provided adequate ones. Are you going to start AKA breaking down a wall. Right. Three, if there's a place that Aerostar can dive off of it.
0: Okay. And that's reasonable. I mean, honestly, I had, I had many of those thoughts when I walked into the new I
1: I look around the arena and go,
0: I mean, yeah. th- I th- I, th- I immediately thought that when I walked into the new temple, I was like, "Oh shit! Okay, so Aerostar will probably jump off of that." Um, you know, <laughs> it was just like one of my first
2: thoughts. That was the thing, yeah. Casey would always, when he's introducing all Still the cool doors when we were brand new into you know coming to the temple, he'd be like, "You know, this 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 person, this person, like, there's Aerostar. He always like jumps or falls off of the highest point, and yeah. did not disappoint."
0: No, nope, never
2: has, never has. Um, the
1: triple mania, the triple menu with the uh, Little
2: rig. Yeah, I loved uh, uh, um, at Lucha. the the short one that, on that I was ago, amazing. When he went on the on the lift. Yeah, that was oh, great. yeah, that was just that yeah. was great.
0: Um, but so this match hard was hard also hard. phenomenal. The the hmm. Reyes match. Um, a ton, a ton of great talented guys in there. I was. Very surprised by Sammy Guevara. Not that I should have been, mm-hmm. um, but I thought he made a great showing. Um, Everyone did. I wanted to see a little more from a couple guys. I think uh, I would have liked to have seen a little more or, or a few more spots for. I shouldn't say a little more. It's nothing they did wrong. Mm-hmm. But just I would have liked to have seen more spots with Taurus maybe and Vikingo and a couple of those guys. I thought um,
2: I thought they got their stuff in. I mean, I, they
0: got their stuff in, but some it felt a little rushed to me. Some of it felt a little bit rushed. Um, But it was still a great match. Again, I'm not I'm not complaining at all. I'm just saying if you're going to take a great match like that and make it a little bit better, um, Jack Evans, however, (laughs) (laughs) phenomenal in that match. Holy shit. Just like every facial expression was as good as every move that he did. Everything about Jack was just great to me in that one.
2: If Jack was maybe like 100 pounds heavier and half a foot taller, (laughs) you know, I think he'd be, you know, a big star in a different company, but he's, I mean, he's just so incredibly talented, you know, like he's underappreciated everywhere he goes.
0: As a fan. I love it though, because I I, I'll be honest. I forget about Jack sometimes. Sometimes it's totally like, Oh, Jack who, what? But then he pops up in one of these matches. You're not really expecting him. And all of a sudden
2: everything is gold. Yeah. You know,
1: he also hates mumble rap, which is, makes him a number one superstar. <laughs> yeah, did. he
2: formed a stable with Sammy and, um, and uh, what, what's his name, Eve?
1: Australian Suicide? Maybe. Yeah. and he hmm. got a new
2: name? Uh, I, heard, uh, I read on the Twitter, I think Rob Viper said that he locked Suicide in his hotel room because Suicide chose mumble rap for their entrance music. That's he smashed a mobile phone as well.
0: That's amazing.
2: I don't know if that's true, but it was on Twitter, so it's true. Um, yeah, it's on Twitter. It's true.
0: Oh, say so. so uh, obvious. Uh, other. Other than the obvious uh, ending mm-hmm. to the show, what other moments uh, did you guys like? I mean,
2: well, it was incredible to see Luchadors come out as what DC characters. Um, <laughs> <that> <laughs> was, you <can> get away <laughs> with that in Mexico. like, yeah, to like Guns and Guns and Roses, Dude. and not you know they to come out the Thriller, but like. To guns of roses and filler it's like they're coming out to the biggest copyrights in america um but
0: i wonder overall, if twitch has any legal obligation in that regards um streaming a live yeah, event to be, from another to be fair, country.
2: They,
1: they they were kind of really bad versions of <laughs>
2: yeah they're like Kmart that you buy the day after Halloween. You got, you got, the, yeah. don't say but that's, that to casey like but we'll the, watch, the we'll watch a
0: wing rip off of anybody on any day so oh, that's different, yeah. that's, that is different. <laughs>
2: But if he I doesn't think...
0: find that buzzsaw match, by the way, really soon, he's going to murder somebody with a buzzsaw and film it himself. We have to find that match for Casey.
2: It, would, it it's not a buzzsaw, wasn't there? Like multiple buzzsaws. Oh no, it's like buzz a it's
0: a buzzsaw match. It's a several buzzsaws on a wooden board. <laughs> um and they're they looked like they were they were real,
2: not gigged at all. Yeah, I'm not yeah, that makes me nervous. But uh but I think you know more. There's more, a reason he got funded. it. So, Maybe. Yeah, it's a something. snuff film. And <laughs> go to the dark web, up. Casey.
0: Go to the dark web.
2: <laughs> but uh, he'll have to hit up J Man or J Man's new internet. I think J Man has dark web connections. But uh, oh, yeah. But uh, no. But the, um, with the costumes, like what quickly overshadowed that was like these guys. That the, you know, at the end of the match, they all murdered each other or just murdered themselves. Like what Averno. Um, this oh yeah, back of his head at the edge of a table, like, and he was stretchered off, like the the Puma King powerbomb. Yeah, like one thing that one thing that I really appreciate about having Vampiro ringside doing a now scene is that you know his emotions get the better of him a lot, and he, it, when a wrestler gets hurt, he throws the headset off and runs up to their side immediately, and he was doing that the entire end of this match.
0: <laughs> well, I was on the Spanish yeah. and I was going back and forth between the Spanish and English um and I actually did like vampiro quite a bit on the English commentary this time. Um but yeah, like uh it was Superfly, right? That they did the sunset power bomb through the table and he died. Um, <laughs> Except he didn't.
2: Oh, Superfly.
0: Yeah, Superfly I think was the Superfly one that smacked his, his, head his head on the table.
2: Yeah. And then he did that with uh Chestnut hurt with his arm with Puma King. I mean, they all died. And it doesn't Puma even matter King, who it was yeah. at this
0: point. I mean, it was the end of the match, and it was like literally they had to bring out new stretchers to get everybody to the back. And apparently they yeah. were all fine.
1: You know the, really, the really bad thing about the match though, was that Puma King came out in an orange mask, and it is beautiful. And it makes you me it yet, me. No, Have you brought it yet? No. I think... I've, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Uh-oh, Twitter's blowing up. Sorry. Uh...
2: uh the whole tattoo thing somehow got leaked to to uh, the whole. It's um, cross, cross mad at tattoo. me. Tattoo, you can tell me it's okay. It's not you. No, no, he seems oh. happy. It's a lot of like laughing gifts, so I think he's happy. But basically, somehow that story got leaked to Twitter, and so he started tweeting at Phantasma. And then uh, yeah, you posted Phantasma's it, Byron. I've seen back up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is amazing we've started to see this is and this is how the indies work guys you come on a little independent podcast we talk a little stuff and then the next thing you know there's guys bloody in the street sorry about your damn luck um (laughs) yeah that that match was crazy so that match was what it was a verno chess man super OG
1: um versus
0: Hmm. (laughs) i don't even know boomy king (laughs) Pagano, right? Who all was in the match?
2: Pagano was there because I remember...
0: Pagano was the one that didn't die in the match. Or was it Drago that didn't die?
2: Who?
1: Who didn't die? Emerging matches there, I think. Emerging matches. Oh no, Drago took the pin, didn't he? Yeah. He took it.
0: Again... It was one of those matches. It's so crazy, and there's so much stuff that happened on the card. You don't even remember who was in it. I only remember who was dead at the end of it. It's amazing. I,
2: I remember them all on the ground. I was listening to the English feed, so Vampiro bailed to make sure everyone's still alive. And then, uh, I'm sorry, I don't. Did know. Did he
0: actually get up? I was listening to the Spanish feed at that point in time, so did, did yeah. The Vampiro fact- he left
2: the table, and oh, so wow. then and so then the guy who was talking with him, which I forgot his name, he could be like an Andrew or something or charles Did they play his music so he could leave the table
1: <laughs> or oh, he, has he got a button has he got a button there now so he presses it so oh, i can leave the table now
2: the other guy had like no idea like what to say after vampiro left he it was it was that part was kind of funny but yeah. I, every, at that point it was extremely you know concerning what happened to every single wrestler at the end of that match
0: I did like Vampiro trying to interact with the live chat like it was, (laughs) you know, in in the past, he interacted with the the Twitter chats that were going at him. That's not quite as fast as the live chat. And I think that he gave up on the live chat pretty quick because it was flying at him.
2: No, he was going after the Twitch chat. He was calling them all jerk offs. And he was just like, he would like read it live (laughs) like he wouldn't read it in his head first. He'd read it out loud. There go vampiro, blah 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 blah. He's like, oh, fuck <laughs> off, you jerk off." So <laughs> on
1: one of them, on one of them, he was having a go at Lucha Blog, and then he read out something from me, and he was like, "That's from like what the fuck is a meflow? Stay off kid- drugs, kids." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's that's
2: so great." I mean, to me, I mean, that's alright.
0: I mean, he, last uh, last uh, what was it, Triple Mania? When he read off my tweet, and I was the the outlaw L.A. Reid or something, and it was just like, yes. "Oh God." Vamp, come on, bro. You know me. Why are you gonna mess up my Twitter handle like that?
1: The only person who has a vampire shirt from back in the day still. Son
0: of a bitch. I can't wait
1: till he comes on the podcast. He said he would.
0: Oh uh, yeah, he's been he's been asking to be booked <laughs> forever. <laughs> but yeah, when I try to book him.
1: Ooh. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll just contact him, it'd be fun.
2: Let's yeah. At the next broadcast, let's ask him on the Twitch stream.
0: <laughs> I mean the two hardest gets for me have been Vampiro who
4: mm.
0: is totally down to do it, but it's gonna be really random last minute, fast thing, I have a feeling. It's just gonna be like, oh yeah, here, let's do it, bro. Or I'm gonna have to do it live when I see him. Uh, and then Skip Jason, um, yeah. who is totally game to do it. I talk to him, you know, on Facebook and stuff every now and then, but you know, the guy's just so busy and he works for L Rey and he's still cutting trailers in Hollywood and he's back and forth from Texas to LA to film sets, and you know, I need to go through his people to set up a time and whatnot. Um, and then that time has to work for us. Cause I can't even get my own people to get our times together. As you see, there's only three of us here this week.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, midday, your time's perfect.
0: Yeah. So again, for you me. know, and, and dealing with trying to get six people on a television show that all ha- or a podcast that all have jobs is not the most easy thing. Okay. So let's talk about the AW thing. I want to talk about that. Um,
4: mm-hmm.
0: which of course, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Cody shows up, gets in his little feud with Conan, um, Taurus Spears in. So I don't know. They're setting up something there.
1: It appears. Um, They're saying that he, he wanted to face Taurus at the uh, the AWA, AAA. Uh, yeah,
0: which uh, I mean, I, I, I think that could be a decent match depending on uh, how Cody is, is doing these days. I think that's actually
1: a good call. Taurus might kill him.
0: Of, um, I think Taurus will protect him quite a bit, honestly. I yeah, think yeah, Taurus... But, well, no,
1: I'm just saying he's, he's a big dude.
4: Yeah,
0: I, I, he's a big dude, but I think he knows the right way to work with a guy like Cody. I actually think that of, mm-hmm. of that whole roster, that's actually a pretty good matchup for Cody. And, and 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 I think the style will make the work rate not feel as slow as it would if they had picked a different luchador for Cody.
2: Well, Cody's coming off of his bum knee too. That's what I'm he saying. And already was, yeah. Like he relies, I think, more on the overall storytelling and gimmick of the match, which. Has and I
0: think a lot. I think uh, Torres can actually tell a pretty good story, and I think he moves a little bit slower too. So Cody will still look fast against him, even coming off the the leg injury. Yeah, I think it's a g- I think it's a good matchup personally, um, but this is big news. I mean, this this partnering with AEW. Um, I felt like was another uh, another and maybe even bigger sign of the demise of Lucha Underground. Because if you if you look back a few years and, and even even uh, Fantasma was talking about a little bit, you know, one of the big things behind Lucha Underground, the reason why this happened was, you know, Dorian and a few of his investors and a few of these other guys that had been kind of involved with AAA
4: mm-hmm.
0: wanted to find a way into America and in in front of American audiences to the point where they were talking to guys like Cuerno years and years ago about it as part of their contracts. Like, Hey, when we do this thing in America, we want you to be a part of it. And now I feel like, you know, it's just one more party who's involved that doesn't necessarily need it anymore. Dorian Roldan doesn't need Lucha Underground anymore. I mean, his investors, yeah. I believe, have been uh, satisfied, the ones that, that invested with him. Um, you know, I'm not sure they would love more money. Of course, they all would. But, I mean, you see them blowing out merchandise, um, and then you see AAA now having partnerships with Impact from time to time, and now AEW. It's not like they're having trouble anymore finding ways to get talent into American markets.
2: Yeah, that was the it, thing before Lucha Underground was Lucha Underground. People talk about, you know, Conan had talked, you know, was talking about it. It was this big Lucha in America project, and that's the goal. That's what they wanted. That's the goal.
0: And guess what? Goal satisfied.
2: The one, the one thing I was going to say before Byron
1: went on a really long uh, talk rather than a question <laughs> was,
2: hold on <laughs> me please.
1: about I just want about Lucha in America. Fuck off. I I don't think you, you, I've got a good mic now. You can't do this.
0: Yeah, beef is actually overpowering um, you for a change. It's amazing.
1: I'll <laughs> overpower him in real life as well, and he'll love it. I bet he, he would. Stop flirting with me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the thing <laughs> is, I think I don't think it's gonna d- go away like it did before. I, I think it's too ingrained now. Yeah, I, don't I know, know that there's still it. the the representation in say the WWE isn't great, but it's getting better. But I just don't really think if you look at the rest of the scene, I think the, the uh, Lucha flavor is on every show.
0: Well, but that's also it's, part it's, of it's
1: getting into the, it's getting into the American style as well now. So like a lot of the American style isn't as hybrided into including, and we're not talking like the high flying you know, heads and stuff. Like we're talking like, you know, kibidoras and, all these other moves and like yeah. the uh, especially submission holds special yeah. submission holds you know they're they're starting to become and then the chain wrestling that's more uh lucha style well i think, I think that's part of I why i think it's ing- ing- i think it's gonna be ingrained he's doing gonna, it that's no a,
0: that's why it's important that cuerno is doing this um and or phantasma we need that you're still gonna need that regular influx of guys who are ogs like him that have been down in Mexico that really, truly understand the style that are, you know, second and third generation guys, you need one or two of them every year or two to keep coming into the system. Part of the reason why it died before is that the inroads and, and the, the vehicle by which those guys had to get into America, which was through Conan and some of these other guys and going to WCW and ECW. What happened is Ray and Eddie and all those guys stayed in America so long, they didn't have the path back to bring more guys with them. Vince certainly didn't want those guys brought in after WCW and WWE merged, so that road was Mexicals. cut off. That that path was was severed for a long time. And now, with the way the current state of the business is, basically, guys like Cuerno, he's the next guy on that path. You know, Phoenix and and Penta kind of did it. And Phoenix really, you know, went out on a limb oh, yeah. and and. Oh and didn't necessarily do it the right way like like what cuerno is doing now (laughs) basically cuerno waited and did it the right way phoenix took a huge chance and it somehow paid off for him because there was a period in time where we were all like well there goes phoenix it was nice knowing you buddy we'll never see you again you'll be in uh, high school gymnasiums for the rest of your career and he pulled it off but now that that road and that pathway is open and now that guys like fantasma can get out of their their situations and get on that road they just got to keep that road open and, and it's not to to suck Triple A or CMLL dry. You know, I hope that they a part of my issue with Triple A a lot of the times is there's a there's stagnation. Guys get stuck in the mid card or low Ooh. mid card all the time. But if you have this road where people graduate and they kind of go on to the States and the Indies or maybe WWE or move on and move up, that they should be bringing these younger guys up. They, You know, Vikingo should be going to the top this of that. Yeah. Some oh of these God. other guys should be making their way up.
2: How long is he going to so, stay on the
1: undercard? If you think about it.
2: That's the thing. When uh, Conan is brought up as as big of a, you know, when you say Conan's a big deal when Conan did this, Conan did that, or he's like the most powerful non WWE guy in the business. Um, like the proof is in the pudding. Like, He's the one who brought all that amazing unknown talent. Like, you have, you have like lower mid-card the new AAA influx. guys come into Lucha Underground. Like, AAA wasn't, you know, investing money in them, but they, he was one of the guys who he, he could see that oh. talent. And then they became huge stars. And then next thing you know, he's on we, the outs. And so- then when he comes back to AAA, you have another influx of. Unknown young talent that's just blowing, you know, blowing you away in the opening match. And we were
1: talking uh, about this earlier.
2: Yeah, we were and talking if, about
1: this earlier on uh, the Facebook group, which was basically, and it's not been a, like, oh, because Phoenix F- and Pentagon are still technically the same wrestlers. Obviously, they've got better, but without Lucha Underground, would they have ever gone any further than being at the bottom of AAA's bill? Because I think, a... I'm not being funny, the, the, the Lucha Underground, the way Pentagon blew up as a character on Lucha Underground, he was the same character down in AAA, and he blew up, and it became worldwide, and it became something you couldn't ignore.
2: I think you could argue with that, Phoenix. I think you could argue that... Uh, Pe- I mean, Phoenix, I think, is... He's probably one of, if not the best worker um, in the business right now, and I think he gets better every day, but I think you could argue that Pentagon's matches on their own might have been better before he kind of blew up and became more of a character based in in um and v- no pentagon pentagon
0: uh yeah maybe i mean what would have happened what would have happened in a world where king cuerno was the one who broke people's arms and not pentagon
1: oh <sighs> See, that would have made sense. Just remember that. Just I'm not saying it would have. my whole my my whole my whole theory, my whole if if Chris I mean, but let's it, be honest, it, at me- that
0: point in time, that was the luck of the draw. The luck of the draw was them saying, you know, was was the Chris's and Skip liking this arm-breaking thing and just kind of running with it because they cracked themselves up with it. That was yeah. the difference between Pentagon being a the the breakout star of that pack and anyone else being that guy. I really think that's, that is the main difference. So don't get me wrong. There was guys like Casey where the coolness factor of Penta was there, but what the hell did we know about Penta before he was up there? Like when I came to Lucha Underground, I knew exactly who Pentagon was. Didn't really care all that much. I had seen him feud with Australian suicide. Yay. Great. It was low mid card stuff. And it was just like, he didn't register to me as anything more than like, Oh yeah, that guy's a, that guy's a solid luchador. I, I dig him. But like, I was there to see Drago. <laughs>
1: he's like I'm not, you're, I feel like Liz no junior. He yeah, he's he there. Don't get me wrong, Liz Mark Jr is literally one of my favorite wrestlers when I was a kid.
0: No. And, and this uh, stuff is great at yeah. the same time, but it's not the, it's not the, the high level stuff. And he certainly didn't have the clout that he has now. I mean, Pentagon, um, You know, I always tell people, people are like, oh, what's Hollywood like And this and the other thing. The only advice I I give to people is pay attention because that's all I do in my job is I pay attention and then figure out what to do with it. And then the other thing is be prepared for luck because you can have all the skill in the world and be nowhere or you can go out there and do it yourself and get somewhere. Like it's all it's being prepared for luck. It's being prepared for that moment. (laughs) And clearly, Pentagon was that. But don't discount the fact that, like, I'm not taking anything away from the guy, but of those guys, if Drago had been the one to break somebody's arm every week, mm. he probably would have gotten the same pop. If Cuerno had been the guy to break e- somebody's arm every week, it probably would have gone to him. Cause damn it, How cool is that to be just so vicious that you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to snap your shit.
2: Cuerno, Cuerno could have had a hero. Arms. Arms. He could have a wall of arms. In the first season, Cuerno had that anti hero appeal. Like he was. Yeah. Pentagon, still, Pentagon won people over because they were putting him up against Sexy Star and like big faces. But Cuerno was like, he was that badass dude. And was he was cool. getting over
0: too. Yeah. He was totally getting over.
2: So, I mean, he, he could
0: have he ended up in jobber status and he absolutely did not.
2: He didn't have the arm break, but he had that. He was the first to have, I think, that kind of aura.
0: I just feel like he he had a little more onus on him himself to get himself over compared to, you know, and I don't think that Pentagon wouldn't have done that, but I mean, even Phoenix that first season, I feel like they tried to make Phoenix be the one that they gave the push to, and it just the way it worked out, everyone just gravitated towards Pentagon because of the arm break thing and how vicious it was, yeah, and and the fact that he wasn't doing any big promos or anything. There wasn't huge storylines at first. He would just come out, break somebody's arm and then bust this shit. And you were like, what Point. the hell just
1: happened? Yeah. And I will say, if you, if you look at, um, season one, season two Fenix, and then you look at it for season four, the progression of that guy, as in, cause like see, season one, I don't think he could do dark Phoenix. No, God, right. no, not but, at all. No, he learned yeah, so much. I mean, he learned so great, much. Must, yeah. yeah. And yeah. as we, as we on I personally rank him in the top five easy for me.
0: Yeah. You can see, what,
1: you can see to me,
0: to me, there's a, 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 visible visible shift in Phoenix towards the end of season two. Um, and it's exactly what Phantasma was talking about where I feel like he learned how, to actually carry emotion into a match and not just do his spots. He did a and character he, he learned how to be again. an actor as well. Ooh, and I think shit. a lot of that had to do with being surrounded by a lot of the American performers who are more in tune with cutting promos and being characters and whatnot. I think that Lucha Underground locker room did something for him that was far above and beyond what it did for any other talent in the company. He learned something. And in season four, he is – hands down the best wrestler probably on the roster at season four not because he's doing the best spots Mm. but because he learned how to inhabit his character on a level that no one else in season four was able to do maybe they didn't have that same kind of level of stuff written for them or maybe the stuff that was written for him just didn't fit them as well but he just went into that zombie phoenix dark phoenix character on a level that no one else did and it was freaking phenomenal because he did
1: that in um when that was going on on the TV and everything. He did a actually DTTI last year with Dream Tag Team Invitational, which is every Easter. So it was Easter last year since I last seen him. Oh, Jay Jay in the chat room,
0: you'll never get any complaints from me about Mill.
4: Absolutely.
0: Mill is... I've followed that guy's career for a long, long time. I I like his worst matches, so you'll never get a complaint from me about Mill. He was another one of the reasons why I was at Lucha Underground, but... Um, to me, because I had seen him so long ago in WCW and other places, like I didn't consider him um, a luchador the same way as the other guys. And a lot of the conversation tonight, we're talking really purely about the luchador guys. But Mill, phenomenal. Um, OK, I got it. We got to talk about the mm-hmm. Young Bucks Sorry. thing. We got so We're talking about Pentagon and Phoenix. Let's talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Winning the tag titles or retaining the tag titles and then dropping them to the young bucks all on the same night. What the ever
2: living fuck. Well, here, no, I mean, that's one reaction, but if wow. you were uh, in the audience of that show, I think another reaction would be like, um, you, why do these probably, white guys have the belt? That would have been. You would have <laughs> left after the psycho clown match, or you would have, like, just, yeah, or that. Like, I mean,
4: it, it,
0: uh, it, what I, I don't know the crowd didn't seem cold i think the crowd got it i think the crowd was was interested and i think the setup with cody and conan um i thought that they were great on the mic even though it was really hilarious to hear uh hugo translate english to english at one point in time <laughs> he was getting so lost because because uh you know conan was half translating himself already So Conan said something, and then he said it again in English, and then Hugo translated it to Cody, which was hilarious (laughs) because it was already in English, and I don't even know if a lot of people caught that. Um, But I thought that they did a good enough job of setting it up. I felt like the live audience was there for the moment, and they were invested in the moment, and it was kind of the – especially for Ray de Reyes, which is almost uh, Royal Rumble-level pay-per-view – where it's, it's leading towards the bigger thing, so you don't have to have that finish that makes everyone happy. You kind of want to leave it with a question mark. Um, right, but sure. I didn't think the, the crowd was unhappy with it. They weren't throwing shit in the ring. They weren't, like, super pissed. Yeah.
2: No, I don't think they cared. I don't think they knew. I mean, it's, I mean no, I, no. I've seen the no, box no. at PWG. I've seen them. Um, you know, you see them at Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. You see uh, them everywhere else. And they're a big deal. And this was a big deal, but I don't think they were as over or as known. Um, I, I, I think you you could go to some of the people who are much more of a triple A historian and the triple A crowd like the uh, the triple A audience is going to be triple A, you know?
0: Well, it's a lot more they're of a casual WWE audience WWE. in general. I mean, a lot yeah. of wrestling shows in Mexico are sold. Uh, based on the card for the night, the storytelling, you know, and it's one of the reasons why uh, Rudos and Technicos have always in the past been so clearly defined because a lot of people just show up on the night and just want an evening of entertainment, and they're not necessarily following all like the ins and outs fan. of wrestling business. So, you know, being a Lucha Libre fan does not mean being an overall wrestling fan. So, yeah, I'm sure ha- more than half of that audience probably had no clue who the Young Bucks were. Yeah. But I think the story was sold to them. Like, hey, look, there's this other American promotion. These guys are coming in. Um, you know, they did a good job of setting up that Cody um, as a part of that was a baby face. Um, and so it made people not react too adversely to the Young Bucks because I think they just associated them with whatever that angle was. So I don't. Th- I think they did a good job of keeping the heat off of those guys too much.
1: By the way. Just to interject, Fantasma says, thank you, and he enjoyed every minute of it. Uh,
0: he was amazing. Definitely one of one of our best guests ever mm-hmm. um, anyway. So obviously, I, I think that the, the books are probably not going to hold these titles for any considerable length of time. I mean, who knows? Maybe they could carry it all the way to Triple Mania and keep doing a back and forth thing for a little while. Um, it would certainly help AEW, I think. Um, But it's funny to
4: me because...
1: If you know what I mean, on their first show, they're going to have a belt defended that's got prestige behind it.
2: It is is Mm. a big deal for them because, yeah, they are starting out. And, I mean, you see with Impact, and they're trying to establish their legitimacy over and over and over again with creative restarts. But they also, like in the past year or so, have had like four or five, I'm exaggerating, but they've had so many different versions of their championship belts and they've had different versions. They've had yeah. multiple versions of the world title. Their top title exists at the same time. And that has an effect.
0: Yeah, it does. It, it dilutes things after a while. Yeah.
2: destabilizing
1: oh. uh the Aust- kind of the situation that they always find themselves in so it's it's- Like the Austin area situ- is the situation yeah. that they always find themselves in. They always end up putting a belt on somebody or getting a big angle with somebody you remember the china one not to muddy a name but you remember that there was a big thing when she came in and then obviously scandals happened or whatever and she was gone within what one episode and that's the kind of thing that they've always done they've always kind of i want to say overreached and then tripped and fallen into a valley (laughs) i don't want to put bury them because they still got really good guys you know they got they've probably got like we said last week they got one of the best rosters they've ever had but they always seem to run out of the momentum like the little legs just well, so what do you do now
0: i mean you you've got the the thing with
1: me what sounds like me after 10, meters. <laughs> so like me after 10 <laughs> meters yeah
0: but see I, I mean i don't and that's really the thing fast. though i don't feel like it's out of gas i do feel like impact is puttering along a little bit but then i when i watch it i don't I don't dislike anything that I'm seeing at all. Well, um, I, think, I think, I think what everyone is people. just waiting for a moment and, w- and what is the thing right now that impact can do to get a moment? I, you know, the, 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 the cross and Johnny thing was a little moment. It wasn't bad. I, I I dug it. I didn't have any issue with it. I liked where it's going, but at the same time, it's like, how do you get a bigger moment out of that? Is there going to be a moment where Cross double swerves and back, and and it becomes a, a thing? Do you interject somebody else into that?
2: I don't. I mean, I mean I, we all sorry. love Kevin. I
1: think me, that. That angle was exactly the same as the Aries angle. It, there, it's the same. I, Wrestling's always going to be the same I well but they out, never
0: got to finish it, the aries angle in my opinion so maybe they're doing it now so they can get to whatever the storyline was that they were trying to finish well, with aries well
2: i thought i oh, thought yeah. aries was supposed to come back after a minute you know to cash in on the payday of like so they built up this drama so now they have to they have to have a payday off of it well, or else it's, like why are they why are they right well you have to have everything. some people
0: that want to work with you for that to be the case byron
2: yeah, I, thought, I thought it was a lot more of a work shoot than we all thought. Like I thought like Johnny and Austin went into business with themselves and then impact was pissed. Well, from what I read, they they were pissed and then they're like, well, it's working. So we'll write it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's no. the story, but, um, I, I mean,
1: pretty. Yeah.
0: Look, just because something is a work doesn't mean that there's not some shoot feelings behind it at the end of the day after everything yeah. is said and done. I mean, people may not be as heated in real life as the storylines. They may not really want to kill each other with baseball bats and lead pipes and shit, but that doesn't mean that they want to volunteer to work with each other either.
1: I'm not being funny, but creative freedom to sometimes say the things you want to say. Not that you'd ever kill them, but you know, when you you really dislike someone, sometimes it's nice to just tell them how you feel and go, it's part of work.
0: Right. Well, and and sometimes those things start off as a joke or a rib or whatever, and then people take them personally, you know, and and I don't know exactly where all of that scenario stands, but um, I'm not surprised to not see him back right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if he popped up at any time. I just don't know that that's high on the radar. And and honestly, um, would that be what you would want to see, Byron? Do you think if, if Austin Aries came back into the title picture all of a sudden that that would work for you? I, I think mean he that, wasn't a bad character it was working I,
2: I think that would be I mean at this point I, I think that'd be cool because he's fresh he's fresh and also you know that he could go and and also at the end of the day like um, Johnny Impact uh, would look like a big deal across the ring from him you know um, true. And, and I think that would be good but also I think Impact has been doing a good job with bringing up cross and moose who are supposed to be part of the Aries uh, situation. They brought them up and they created their whole new identity almost immediately. And also like moose is becoming a big deal, which is great because he's, you know, he was super green and super brand new. And then they turned him heel Well, people are like, well, he's a, you know, big, you know, guy that I like, big famous guy. I like, and it's hard to do that. It worked cross got over with everything that he was trying to do. Um, and, like, just, but seeing what they're doing now, which is basically a retread, and then you see how it's, like, it's it was a plan all along is what they're all saying on um, their social medias. And they're posting all the pictures from, like, AAA and, uh, you know, how the how they're friends in real life. And to me, that makes me, that just reinforces how it's just a retread and not a new idea, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Because what I would like is you're building up Cross, Johnny Impact had a good run. How about Cross beats him? How about And beats him? about you
0: out? know how sneaky and duplicitous Cross is. That just might be a double swerve. He might just be luring those guys in with some old photos.
2: Yeah, but – oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to no comment on old photos. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I think um, – Especially in wrestling, um, especially in episodic uh, television, simple storytelling is it works best. Um, uh, and then you, know, you can get complicated or make it really interesting every so often. But if you're Ew. consistently simple and effective and follow through. And maybe, maybe,
0: but maybe that's part of the issue too, is maybe we're so over to see these one month feuds and, you know, for the acceleration yeah. to happen and to have some big stupid go home moment. You know, maybe we're just over-programmed that the slow burn um, isn't the most effective thing. Because like I said, what I'm waiting for out of impact is a moment. I'm waiting, and, and they've had some. They had quite a few last year. Those moments where, like, when Penta won the belt, where you're just like, "Shit, that's a moment." That was awesome. That's a thing, and that brought in 90s eyeballs. 90s
1: keep guys away from each other. What's that? Do you remember the '90s when they used to keep guys away from each other and they'd do like a long program of kind of having little scraps here or there, or
0: maybe yeah, a tag the,
1: match? And then, you're just just too.
4: It wasn't
0: the it same. It was maybe. so
1: glorious. WWE
0: other. was doing five pay-per-views like a year back then. WCW was yeah. doing five or six. I mean, it was a different it was a different world. I mean, now you've got little indie promotions doing pay-per-views every two months. You've got NXT doing four or five a year. You've got, you know, WWE doing 14 a year.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's
0: it, it's you know, and then you've got Impact yeah. doing seven a year. It's like you're leading to to these pay-per-views, and this that just means the amount of storytelling in the wrestling world as a whole is highly accelerated. And you need those moments. But at the same time, like remember when they put the belt on Pentagon, uh, I wasn't exactly happy about it at, at first because it felt like hot shotting. But then when you look back at it, it's like, no, that's actually just a great moment. It was hot shotting, but it was the right hot shotting. Yeah. And maybe, maybe when you're with a company like Impact, maybe you just have to do that. Maybe every now and then. You have to hot shot something, but who is the hot character that they, that you would hot shot in Impact? And the only one, honestly, I can see or the only ones are really Moose and Cross. Who else are you going to yeah. hot shot? Everybody else has had a little bit of a shot already. I mean, I like Eli Drake. I w- I I would love to see him in that mix, uh, just as a character. And again, I've said this before. Yeah. I don't know anything about the guy backstage, but I just I like him on TV. I would love to see him in that mix, but I don't think that he's really hot shotting or doing something out of the blue either.
2: No, no, I agree about Eli Drake. I mean, we saw him live that one time and have been fans ever since. He's a kind of a guy where like you want him as your champ because he could come in, he can do like the WWE thing where your champ comes in, talks for twenty minutes, gets everyone invested in the show, and then puts on a great match later. And I mean he's just and he can win, he could do the indie thing if he's your champ, where you have a whole new audience he doesn't know anyone, and he comes in and he wins everyone over and gets them hot for the show. It it's just he's he's the total package. You know, all respect to Lex Luger, he's the total package when it comes to a wrestler. And um all respect Lex Luger. Hey, can't offend <laughs> you can't offend,
1: you can't offend Lex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Felix Lex. You, you may, but, you may yeah, have but, been no, I mean, you're, you're straws, talking but, about who do you hot yeah. shot to, and, like, I can't for the life of me come up with an idea of who's been, who is and who has been contending for the belt. I mean, okay, Cross and Moose have been fighting Morrison, but apparently that's all been fake. So who has been, who, who is more, uh, Johnny Impact, who's Impact been, you know, earning his championship status again?
0: I mean, I guess, I guess that's,
2: Go
1: ahead, me That's on. the kind of thing, though, there's no beneath. There's no beneath if, if, if you know what I mean, there's the main... I know it's like episode to episode and they film it all at once and it's, like I said, concise storytelling now, but there isn't anything going on below. They're all they're trapped in... There are little storylines, like, the, you know, the kind of the evil world or whatever with Sue Young and all that jazz. And then everybody else is just kind of existing and wrestling, which... You know, it, there's no good wrestling fun stuff, stuff like, rascals, like the rascal stuff that is
0: fun there's fun stuff going on down there you got stuff with a- Eddie Edwards going on that's fun you got stuff yeah. with Eli going on that's fun I mean there's there's fun stuff happening down there but no it's not anything that is is so hot that it's something that's a gimmick that's going to propel somebody into the title picture unless they just hot shot him in there
1: the Rascals, I'm not gonna like, say it's like a great thing. Like Goldberg Martin. thing was terrible in the long run, but like, there's nothing happening like that. Like a little stir of someone picking up a load, like quite a few wins or something. If you know what I mean, not someone. Everybody's going, you know what? That guy actually, yeah, he's doing really well. If you know what I mean, there's none of that kind of little thing going on with uh, like a certain guy's performing really, really, really well, and you're going, and it's come out of nowhere. If you know what I mean, like the like the Goldberg thing was okay. It was conceded and like terrible. But at first, it was like, "Oh shit, where's this guy coming from?" Oh shit! And then, like, he became a part of the show to watch, even though he was getting booked in the first kind of three matches. And it was like, "Oh, so you watch that part?" Like again, we said with the Luchador thing was WCW. You always knew halfway through you'd get the uh, Lucha matches. Yes, you know, so what I mean. They went in terms of like, there's no one kind of getting a little thing put together that will lead to momentum to lead to it. It all just seems very kind of this week we're going to have so and so as a champion. Then oh you know what next month I think he can do it but there's no nothing behind him so when he if he does win or anything like that it's kind of empty and holy. it right. just feels like oh okay they put the strap on someone else well
2: okay so yeah. everything becomes meaningless. let me ask you this, everything's uh, crap. let me ask you this, so like what what was Phantasma uh, doing last time? He was doing impact appearances. Where on the card? Yeah. Right. Well
1: um he did a lot of multi-man matches Mm
4: -hmm.
1: and they weren't great they just they weren't long and a lot of the time he'd come in do the dive do a few spots and he would then like you know stand on the edge of the ring yeah they weren't they just really
0: weren't giving them a lot of time for the the matches to breathe or be the pace that they probably should have been but a couple of them were really good too
1: singles singles matches though Amazing. Gonna, the singles gonna, matches mid- another question, from him then. And Wanting back for that Because They remember the singles It's a bit like When I said uh, We would talk about it Midweek um, Was Aerostar and Drago Aerostar and Drago When they go up there They're always going to give you an Amazing tag match They're always going to do that And they're great singles Competitors as well But They got used in tag matches They're great at tag matches But as soon as The Lucha Brothers came in Aerostar and Drago Were out the door they didn't care and that's the kind of, like with Fantasma, they and Tejano and Pagano, they just didn't know what to do with them. Yeah, they got them there, great talent, and the, this kind of thing that they, they had nothing, they had no program from. They tried putting them into that program where it was Mexico versus America. It had that terrible match down in Mexico, with um, I want to see if I can. Oh, see,
0: and that's that's how, the thing that, that's sad too, because a guy like Fantasma, and you heard him on the show. It's it's not like he's got bad English or something. He could cut a promo better than Pentagon any day of the week. Like Imagine put him in a program. Give 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 Phantasma Eddie Edwards. Give him Eli Drake. Like, why isn't he not in that, you know, that that kind of intercontinental level holding pattern where it's exciting and it means something and it's at the top third of the card instead of the lower third of the card? Like he's he's a guy that absolutely at very least should be at that level as all those guys should. But I feel, I feel like the part of the problem with impact is they don't have that scene right now. They don't have that, that next level, that, that, you know, holding ground where there's great feuds going on and some of the best wrestling in the company should be going on at that level. While whoever the top guys are are telling the big story, these guys are the guys doing the workhorse stuff and making the show exciting and you know, at the top of the second hour match. Um, and and I feel like that is part of what's missing. But they have the guys. They have the guys there to do it. Absolutely.
1: You, you made my point earlier in a more eloquent way. Well done. Um, that's that's well, what I mean, really. Here's
0: what I was going to say real quick about Kevin Cross before we leave him. I'm excited about the Bob Holly match that he's doing in Maverick because that's going to be something where in one night. Those guys are probably both going to come out and cut hot promos. Kevin's already cutting some some video ones that are tremendous. Just old school. I'm going to bust your face. We're going to go in there and lay down, lay hands on each other, kind of promos. And then when they get in there, I think that night they'll probably, you know, Kevin at least will probably sorry, killer will probably come in and, and juice the room up with some kind of angle early in the night. And then he'll he'll face off with Bob Holly, and they'll get to let the match breathe. They won't rush through it. There will be slow spots in that match, and I don't think anybody will care at all because I think the storytelling that they're going to do is going to be tremendous, and Bob's going to be walking around outside the ring intimidating the hell out of every person sitting there, and when he's not doing it, you know Killer's going to jump out there and do it. I mean, these are two guys where their presence is going to tell a story and they're going to get in there and they're going to go stiff and they're going to go hard and it doesn't have to be the highest work rate ever for every fan in that room to be entertained. And I'm think, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, there's no reason you can't do that on a TV show show somewhere every week. Where Where is that match? I mean, think about what Hardcore Holly did for the Hardcore title. He made it not just hey, we're going to go out there and do garbage matches. He made it these intimidation factor matches that meant something for a complete, literal garbage title. I mean, it was made out of garbage. It was like duct taped together. It was the stupidest thing ever. And for a brief period of time, he actually made it mean something. I, I think that you don't just need guys like him. I think that you can teach guys to be like him. And some guys... And obviously, I think Cross can be a guy like that. I think that that Moose could probably get the rub from him and learn to be a guy like that. And they've got guys in that Eddie Edwards can be a guy like that. I think they've got those guys there. I- Impact, um, but yet for some reason, I'm more excited to see you know Cross do that in a room with 200 people yeah. than I am to see it on you know a national television show next week.
2: Well, you get to be, you get to experience that energy, and it's definitely going to be something that lends itself to that live energy, and uh, and you never know, you never know. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe there can, can be-,
0: be good one night storytelling though in yeah. televised wrestling. I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that people capitalize on it enough. Not every writer can be to Joseph and string together some huge storyline that makes you care for week to week. And I don't think every wrestling character needs that. You need that good middle of the card. And honestly, I think WWE has been getting it right with having some of these things like what they were doing with the US title for a while, where guys were doing the open challenges and, and, and you know, uh, Ron Killings having the belt for a minute and, and dropping it and those open. challenges. They were great. All of that stuff worked out great, and they were night of storylines. They told the story the same night. There was a little tiny bit of history from the week before of like, hey, we did something like this last week, and then the guy comes out. One person will cut a promo, and then it leads into some awesome four-way match with a bunch of great guys who go out there and tell a story in the ring. It breaks off into separate feuds. Guys get – all the heat in the world and, and things are working. And and that's one of the best things going in WWE right now. And I'm just looking at the impact roster and I'm like, Oh my God, all the guys are there. All the pieces are there. Please God do it. Just do it. Make it happen. It's there.
1: You've reminded me because of that much with the hardcore Holly, you're bringing up. Um, I've not watched it, but my friends uh, from, went to Germany and have watched it from uh, WXW. They put yeah. on the carrot Phoenix versus Walter. Oh. oh oh
0: you listen to both of us we're like oh <laughs> i mean i, really I want to see that i gotta see that oh the last thing i'm going to say about the cross holly thing is can you just picture this with me can you imagine bob holly gets kevin cross up on his shoulder and gives oh him that wheelbarrow slam oh can you
4: mind,
2: no.
0: like i, I can't fathom that in my mind
2: I'm 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 looking forward to those moments where he just goes face like looks him right in the eye and then chops him as stiff as he can. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Be ugly. Like, thinks it's gonna exactly. be ugly. but that's I'm that's what I'm talking about, like where I think that being there live is going to have a little extra to it than watching on TV because like one, you're gonna hear the pain of everything that's happening and two, like you might have blood on your clothes from just being in the audience.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think you might get more than being at home for that much.
0: Oh, God, I hope those guys don't start bleeding. That's just That might be more than my, my constitution can handle. That's going to be a fun
2: match. You know, you know, Cross is the kind of guy, like, he, he's relatively new, but he studies the history and has a massive respect for the history of old-school wrestling. And, I mean, there's almost no better representation of that than Hardcore Holly. You know, he's just he's going to be just ready
0: yeah, I, I agree with Zero in the uh, chat room, too, that it is one of the reasons why Lucha Underground will be missed is because, um, you know, a lot of these really talented guys are not going to have access to that level of writing um, in other places, you know. Um, and and even when those guys like DJ, he'll go down to AAA and he'd write stuff for AAA, too, but he's not there all the time. So th- there's no continuity of his storylines or his ideas. He doesn't have a chance to really think things through. He comes in to already existing gimmicks and storylines. And, you know, helps him out for a night and just does some stuff in the back and does some things, but it's not it's not the same. Um, but
1: He's a long-term worker, isn't he? he? He likes to do a long-term project.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, who,
1: who wouldn't? I mean, and that's kind of the whole thing. Um, so- but it'd be, it'd be interesting if he went back to uh, WWE. I think they would be smart to take him back.
0: Um, If he would go. <laughs>
1: kind of, yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
0: would, yeah, would he if- go?
2: Yeah. yeah. If who went I, back I, to think, WWE? I think or,
0: What's you that? Know. You're breaking up
2: If who went back to WWE?
0: Uh, DJ DJ oh. uh,
2: I think great. it'd be good Especially, especially with the Lucha guys there. I mean, by the way Meep, stop it DJ's looking good yeah, he, he, Have you he, seen he, him?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of photos His new profile picture as well He's looking really good
2: Dude, yeah. the haircut
0: My man is in shape My man is doing good
2: we're happy for him. So, what else do you guys want to talk about?
0: All right. Well, I gotta talk about a little bit of UFC stuff here. Um. Uh, well, I I, I I the last wrestling. Let me just finish up the last wrestling thing. And we'll end with UFC. My last wrestling thing is Jesus Christ is Baron Corbin the new <laughs> X Pac Heat. Like, what <sighs> happened to that crowd when they announced that Kurt Angle's final message, uh, match was going to be against Baron Corbin? The crowd was hot as hell. It was you're talking Chicago here, great wrestling city, everyone's popping for everything up until that point. And then Kurt Angle is out there talking about how he's on his retirement tour and blah 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 blah. Baron Corbin, silence like, he didn't even get he got maybe 14 people to do his it's true, it's damn true thing at the end of that promo. What the hell happened? Why does the world hate Baron Corbin so much?
2: Well, they that killed that announcement, killed the crowd for the rest of the whole show, let alone Kurt Angle. I think it has to do with it being such a letdown because you have a guy like Kurt Angle making his last run, and there's so much history like you want a bit of nostalgia, and like he's out there working a regular mid card angle with Corbin that's going to pay off. And then that's going to be his uh, last match ever. I mean, wrestlers are retiring, you know, but it's like in his promo was also like a little awkward. Like, you know, it's written. You know, it's weird for him. Where he's yeah. like, there's lots of wrestlers, I, lots of guys i like to wrestle. There's one that I want to beat. You should want to beat everyone you're in a ring with. He's like, that's one of the, he's like one of the most competitive and like, you know, guys in the ring. Like he should want like to go up against Rock one more time. And beat him. He should want to go up against and Stone Cold one more time. Why wouldn't he want to beat these guys who he made his name with at the very beginning of his career? Why not want to beat Vince McMahon one more you know, at to say goodbye? All so
0: these- but you're saying you're saying it's a jump in logic because uh, Baron Barron should be the opponent, right? I mean he's supposed to put over the new guy.
2: He's doing an angle with Corbin, and I get that, but I don't think that his retirement, that shouldn't be his retirement thing, and if he's going to have one of those matches, like...
0: But that's what you always do, you always go out with the feud with the new guy that that's the way the business has always been I mean, you're supposed to put over the new guy but they're not giving the new guy the rub here they're giving the new guy X-Pac heat it's backfiring, yeah. I mean, it's its making Corbin get less heat than before its it's grown heat, it's not we hate Baron Corbin. Heat. It's uh, Baron Corbin.
2: I mean, I think Corbin Legit. is doing an okay job with his position. Um, I, I think he's on TV too much. But I, but you look at like Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels. Ric but Ric Flair so, what retired. else do
0: you do with Baron Corbin? I mean, they. they I, I like that they gave <laughs> up the lone wolf gimmick. That wasn't working. He's not a bad wrestler. He's yeah. not a terrible. He's not terrible actor or bad at promos. Why can't they get the guy
2: over? I think that's, I think that's unrelated. Number one, that's unrelated to Kurt Angle's retirement. I don't think you, No, no, no I, think, I, get- I think it's a disservice to retired Kurt Angle to put over Baron Corbin. I think you retire Kurt Angle yeah. to put over someone who's in your, who's like on the crest or in your main event. Like put over Finn Balor. That's but Finn's a, a
0: baby face.
2: No, but I'm saying like that level. I uh,
0: understand, but all those guys, all the other guys that are that level are faces right now,
2: Corbin is M- really M- the M- only M- choice. Drew McIntyre? I know like Drew has something else maybe going on, but like that's Drew the level. doesn't need the rub. Drew's at
0: Drew is in the the top of the card picture. He's a top guy right now.
2: Yeah, but when you it's I just I just think that yeah, you need to like but he's that high in a card that makes them worthy of the retirement match maybe you know you might and be I, right
0: you might be right drew, drew drew might have been the choice um i of guys i can't believe that I'm they're wasting running, right was... now is Braun. i i just uh, i mean oh i see him cutting comedy angles with alexa oh. black backstage and i like those i like him and alexa together i think they're great doing comedy angles together but like Braun versus the snl guys with uh, you know involvement from alexa bliss is like this is the guy that carried WWE through basically their off season when all the big talent are nowhere to be found and everybody was out and and Braun is carrying the whole company, you know, post-WrestleMania, after SummerSlam. He's like carrying the whole show. And somehow, not even a year later, we get here.
2: He was their Goldberg. Like they had the whole presentation dialed in. Like The thing was, yeah, it was great.
0: It was all People working.
2: And then they they jobbed him to Brock too many times. He lost his teeth. And they did they did
1: stupid things with him with Brock, though, didn't they? It wasn't it wasn't even a case of like him. Right, losing. so why not of- why
2: not
0: bring him back to put him over on Brock now? Like I just don't I, I think you would totally get all the heat mm-hmm. right back if you put him in the WrestleMania match with Brock, even if it's a three-way with Seth. I just don't see how you can't put that guy in the spot. He is the guy right now. He is the guy that could carry the company mm-hmm. on his back for the next four years. It's not Brock. It's not Roman. It's not Seth. It's not Finn. They they have Vince did his big man thing with Braun, and it freaking worked. It didn't work with – gender mahal it didn't work with some of these other guys it's not working bringing dave batista back as another big man it has never worked with randy orton in my opinion who is by the way as large in real life as brock lesnar people don't realize that sometimes but horton is a huge giant human being um they finally get somebody they finally get it right with braun and then they go into wrestlemania with nothing for the guy we got to wait another whole fucking year or maybe till SummerSlam. It's just stupid to me. Just
2: stupid. That's, an. I mean, that's a Corbin level type disappointment where, I mean, it's <laughs> like, I don't think, like, I don't put the heat on Corbin for, for the disappointment in angles retirement match. I think it's just horrible booking. And I think it's horrible booking when you find out, oh, Braun is doing a WrestleMania angle with these guys. Like, I love them, but he's doing a WrestleMania angle with guys from SNL. Yeah. So we He's his, program, like is Street with, Street his program is with weekend update. Know, it's just a
0: shame too, because they're doing they're doing so many other things right, but yet somehow Braun Strowman is getting the Bray Wyatt treatment and it's just it's just saddening. It's disappointing.
2: There has to be some backstage politics that we're not there against. has to be. There I mean he be. has that stupid Superman tattoo. I think Roman has one too. Are they <laughs> all I'm like, why do you get a huge copyright tattooed on you?
0: Because they all believe in hope, Byron. Um, oh, so anybody? We were talking about Mav Pro. Um, yeah, yeah. The the date of it is March 30th, um, and this one's going to be down in Culver City, um, I believe. Front row might be sold out or close to it, so um, you can go to. It's no longer called Mav Pro, but their Twitter handle is still Mav Pro Wrestling, and I believe on Facebook they're just Maverick Wrestling now. Um, so you can look at tickets, and this is the reboot, the big reboot, the the Paul London booked. Uh, Kevin Cross headlined with uh, Bob Holly event. So if you're interested in that and you're in the LA area, support local wrestling, man. And uh, I know LA Lucha's got an event coming up soon too. I don't know if I have that. I'll look that one up and I'll, I'll give you the info on that one too.
1: And if they would like to book El Hilo del Fantasma, give us a bell.
0: Yeah, really. I, I, I think that these are promotions that should be looking at a top guy like that that's available to come in Um, and and put butts in the seat too because i believe that there are a lot of southern california fans that will buy tickets uh especially for um seeing where he's at now and and seeing a top guy like that come into any indie promotion out here um so all right ufc i gotta talk a little bit of ufc because there was some fun stuff that i thought happened. we
2: talked about ufc half an hour ago
0: no tj dillashaw blue hot apparently mm-hmm. the test results came back They were taken right before his fight with uh, Henry Cejudo, and um, (laughs) he blew hot. He popped, and apparently, fun comment about that.
2: What's that? Didn't uh, Henry? uh, Is it Cejudo?
0: Yeah, he he had a couple of fun comments, and he's been lighting up Twitter (laughs) in general uh, and Instagram. But you know, Dillashaw came out with the information himself, and he said that uh, not only did he test positive for a banned substance they have not said what it was or what the extent of it was um and usada only confirmed it after he said it they they have a new policy now where they don't put out the information until um it's public and public from another source whether it be the ufc or the commission or the 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 fighter themselves um but tj decided to get in front of it um which I think is smart, I think will actually benefit him in a lot of ways. He said um, that, uh, you know, he not only popped hot, but that he was going to relinquish the bantamweight title because of it. Um, So basically he couldn't go down to flyweight and win, lost there, didn't get the double belt. And now he had to give up the belt that he was still holding. Um, So pretty much he's just the overall big loser. Now Conor McGregor's thumbing his nose at him like, I told you the guy was a snake. Henry Cejudo's fucking with him. Everybody's messing with him. Um, And now this may spell the end of the flyweight division, in my opinion, too, because it looks like Henry Cejudo has his sights set on grabbing Dillashaw's belt. I mean, he was probably going to fight him at 135, and I think that Cejudo is still going to go up there. Uh, So Benavides is just out. And I think he's going to fight Marlon Moraes, and they are having a wunderbar back and forth on Twitter right now. That's actually getting me excited for the fight. Um, Marlon Moraes is, uh, you know, clearly got something to lose um, at this point, but it gets him in the title picture immediately, which is great for him. But Cejudo, you know, is calling him a second-rate world series, of fighting champ that doesn't know what a real fighter's about. And the second he beat TJ, it was basically his belt anyway, and. Meef, are you reading these tweets right now? Is that why you're laughing?
1: No, no I'm I'm laughing because you're talking about USC to me and Byron. <laughs> that is
2: funny. <laughs>
1: I would say like
2: yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah.
0: Byron's been doing I a lot know. better recently, though.
2: I just remember someone tweeted at uh, so that that guy was like talking trash yeah. about like why don't you stay you know staying your weight class or something or so or Hudo basically said like I just went up a weight class and knocked out. Uh, a roided up dude in like 43 seconds so i'll do whatever i want i thought that was that was pretty strong
0: yeah i mean i think the whole thing is strong they built a feud out of nowhere um it all because dillashaw was a piece of crap so i i can't wait to see uh what happens with you know what he actually did and how long he's suspended for but i have a feeling tj might, <laughs> might get the book thrown at him this time Though I like that he got out in front of it, I think that more fighters should do that. It's like you do something stupid. We know a lot of you guys are cheating. It's fine, whatever. You shouldn't be doing it, but if you're gonna do it, like own up to it and just say, "Hey, I did this. I did a dumb thing. I did a bad thing," and and take your punches. Who not want to watch? That. And, you know, re- rehabilitate yourself and come back. Go on with your life.
1: Get roided up to fuck and then rip each other apart. <laughs> I mean, let's let's watch. Yeah, that's a thing. Let's, we're all good. I remember. uh fuck it. If. if, if Let them do it, and then let them just murder each other.
0: Well, yeah, Uh, or let them all do it. Like the TRT thing, I didn't have a problem with. Like, look, TRT Vitor was was great, and it it didn't uh, it made him better than he probably should have been, but it just put him at the same level as you know guys ten years younger than him. Just swole his balls back up enough to to fight like a man.
2: Instead of like an old man, I appreciate being able to have like a you know to you um, know. Shamrock's career, like, <laughs> if there wasn't any PEDs, we, we wouldn't be able to see, you know, Ken Shamrock and the Lions 10, you know what I mean? Like, there's a place for it. Long
4: but long but
2: <laughs> I I remember, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, Man, I'm, when- I'm fighting off- seals. Like, Jayman, uh, had mentioned, <laughs> uh, like, just let them all take PEDs. And I'm thinking, you know, like, yeah. PEDs should be in well, every I'm, form of entertainment, like, They should be using PEDs and pornography. You know what I mean? Well, some
0: people are. I mean, these things are not necessarily illegal. We're not talking about illegal steroids, all of them. Like TRT, for instance, is not necessarily illegal. You and I could go out and get a prescription for TRT tomorrow. And and it could be very beneficial to your health and, and recovery. And honestly, with what these guys do to their bodies, um, There should be some type of medical rehabilitation that they're allowed to do. TRT actually helps them rebuild bone and muscle structure. And yeah, maybe that gives guys an advantage. But if they're all allowed to do it, then and it's and it's medically safe. That was my issue with the whole TRT thing. I got that they were saying people shouldn't be allowed to get TRT exemptions. And I agree with that. They shouldn't have been allowed to. They should have all been allowed to use them or all not allowed to use them. There shouldn't have been. I'm going to get a doctor's note and I'm going to be the one guy allowed to use them. But at the same time, no one was ever saying in that point in time that TRT was bad for you. It's like it was making Vitor Belfort a healthier human being. the state of his body and his condition was healthier on TRT than it is off of TRT. So you can't say that you're doing it to protect him. You're literally just saying that, no, it gives him an advantage over another fighter. The whole point of the steroid bans was that steroids... We're doing awful things to human beings. You're mutating human beings with drugs and chemicals and doing bad things to them that were going to cause adverse health effects. And in addition to that, giving them an unfair advantage over other people who were not willing to harm themselves to get ahead. So what I'm saying is if there are substances out there that are not deemed to be harmful and are not illegal or narcotics, and everybody has the ability to take them, if everybody can use CBD oils or TRTs or certain uh, performance enhancing things that are healing their bodies but aren't causing adverse effects, then fine, let them do it. These guys kill their Please. bodies for, for everyone out there. Let them have medical access to rebuilding their vitamins, you know, in their bodies but, and their supplements.
1: But have a cool off period. Just say, oh, you got to get clean two months before a fire or
2: something. You well, know? Uh, it, people, it, just it it just
4: depends. depends right? These the thing things
2: to really, often, like with, with steroids, um, even though they are unhealthy, and I think in general, um, their side effects, but also like you need to cycle them off and on, you know, and and they were being abused and like correct,
0: but not. this is why, and this is why, look, steroids should still be banned. But what I'm saying yeah. is, if you look at the USADA list of performance enhancing drugs. It doesn't make sense. Like me medicine. the concept of enhancing your performance is not inherently evil. Wait, what in I'm saying hell? is drugs are bad, okay, but medicine is medicine. And I right. think that they need to really go down and look at this list and determine what is actually medicine and helping people. And these guys perform and live longer and healthier, stronger lives and be able to perform as athletes. What, it, what falls on that list and what falls on the list of things that are really bad substances that shouldn't be used by anyone because they're going to be abused, not used correctly. You know, I think that there is, I think that there because is they, another yeah. standard for athletes that we should be looking at. And TJ Dillashaw the- is still a piece
2: of shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. I'll stop ranting about it. Um, couple other quick UFC things. ESPN Plus is now the permanent home. I can't say permanent, but the, the home until, what, 20, whatever. They just extended their ESPN Plus contract. UFC's primary uh, financial benefactor is now ESPN, and they are now partnered up with all of the pay-per-views. This means that pay-per-view will not be on your regular cable provider for ESP or for UFC anymore. Uh, I don't know exactly how this is going to work because ESPN Plus is an over-the-top format. I believe you're still going to have to pay the $60. It's not included in your subscription. That will just be the delivery mechanism somehow for these $60 pay-per-views. This is a catastrophic blow to cable and satellite providers. Um, One of the few reasons people still maintain those things is so they can do pay-per-views and things like that. Uh, It's huge. It's a big deal and it could also be a catastrophic blow to ESPN and UFC. This might not work. This is super, super risky. Um, It's not like what WWE did. If you went to a subscription format where you got the whole pay-per-view as part of your subscription rate, I think it'd be a different story. But UFC and ESPN are creating a few problems here. A, UFC Fight Pass is now $5 $5 more than ESPN Plus and contains no Hello. new UFC actual fights. <laughs> Do, the, Dana White's Tuesday night contender series will be on there still, I guess. Yeah. Invicta, um, EBI, a few other promotions, a few other great promotions are still on Fight Pass, but not the actual UFC, just old matches.
1: So, so, so here we have you know, two different rights for things. So the Premier League is you know, over there. You get television rights for that, and people have it. So we've had companies over here who have um, done that and bought the rights to certain packages for them. We had one when com- Do you remember Digital? What, did you have Digital TV over there? No. Okay, so we. it's like it's Sky, but so God. ITV, who are like one of the main um, free channels that you have here, um, they basically set up uh, a digital channel uh like nearly put the entire company under caused um the f- like the whole of the football league to nearly collapse because they did this big billion dollar deal and they basically no one wanted no one wanted it
0: yeah and and, and no one, but here's the thing just, it, ESPN did wait down. until they saw the numbers and clearly they like what they're seeing UFC is doing great for them it's been their primary thing along with um some soccer on ESPN plus And it works. It's working, which they wouldn't go and pay UFC all this money. And for UFC, you know, don't forget that company was just purchased for $4.2 billion. Not that long ago by WME IMG. And those guys are still trying to make their money back. So part of, them making their money back and part of why the sale was so attractive in the first place was selling off these television rights well they already sold the television rights to espn and they're looking around like we need some more money so now they're letting espn in on their whole pay-per-view thing and giving them this level of exclusivity um and sharing the pay-per-views this isn't like hbo or something like i get it okay hbo you pay for hbo separately but then when there's a premier hbo boxing event you go to pay-per-view for it, and it's carried on all the pay-per-view outlets. It's just run by HBO. They're not doing that either. It's just on the platform that you're already paying for, and then you got to pay $60 on top of it. And I don't know how they're going to do standalone purchases, this, that, or the other thing. I just think that this might have been too far too fast. And we'll see. And I hope it doesn't backfire for their sake. But now, look, ESPN and the UFC are now completely synonymous um and people are going to have to get used to that and figure it out and and espn's picking up a few other um mma promotions as well so several nights a week on espn television now you're going to be able to see mma and this is amazing coming from a company that wanted nothing to do with the sport 10 years ago um this is a big big reversal and and i think having william morris endeavor uh, img come into this whole picture is a big part of it i mean they're big players in the business they have a lot of clients with disney espn um disney now owns most of fox that went official this week also along with this announcement um it's going to be very very interesting how this all shakes out Uh, my last ufc thing amazing jorge masvidal um, knocks out darren till spectacular fashion and then after the fight is in the middle of a live interview with laura sankow and um, Leon awesome. Edwards just talks a little bit of smack at him, like oh, "I'll see you in July." That's, he didn't even say much. And Jorge dead in the middle of the interview is like, "What?" Say it to my face. Walks right over to him and gives him the three piece and a drink. <laughs> starts throwing hands on him. Like craziest thing I've ever seen. Live TV backstage. This was um, this was different than the Connor thing. This is like real street shit and people might not know who Jorge Masvidal is, but this is a dude who was fighting on the undercard of Kimbo Street Fights.
2: <laughs>
0: this was the warm-up guy that would just put a dude on his face and curb him on the concrete before I don't like UFC.
2: Raised. Like he was cool the whole time.
0: Yeah. Like that was it. Like like don't doubt for a second Masvidal is the real deal. This ain't some Colby Covington, you know, knockoff m- mouth off stuff. This has always been who this dude is. And if you go back and listen to some of his interviews, when he calls somebody out, like, oh, I'll see him in the street. I'm cool with that. That's fine. He's not kidding. He's not kidding. He's a violent, violent man, y'all. And he's not, and he's not a psychopath either. It's just he's from a different place. He don't play like that. His whole story afterwards was they were like, Well, why did you swing on him? It was like, I don't know. He had his hands raised, and that looked like an offensive posture to me. So I had to, I had to protect myself. Like, <laughs> what? and that dude. when I
2: talked to him, so I had to do something
0: I mean, it was just like i i i and fortunately for him in England, um there is not a governing body at an m m a event other than the m m a promoter. The promoter has to get a license, and the u f c is the commission basically in England and a few other places I believe it's that way in Brazil too, so the only people that can really suspend or fine him, and I believe that the, the UFC will probably fine him for it, but I don't think they're going to suspend him for it. Um, there was no charges pressed or anything like that. Um, this was really fortunate. They get all the publicity and press out of it. They don't have uh, you know, the Nevada Commission or some other commission trying to get involved and, and holding these guys up, just waiting for a hearing for three months alone, and then adding suspensions on top of that and extra fines once the guys have already spent the money or – or forcing the UFC to not release their paychecks, the guy got paid. Um, Jorge Masvidal got two bonuses that night, so he got an extra hundred thousand dollars for fight of the night and uh, performer of the night against Darren Till. Um, they may dock him back some of that. He may not get his Reebok money because there's a uh, standard of conduct clause in their Reebok sponsorship clause, um, so he may not get his extra fifteen to twenty k or whatever it is from Reebok. But, um, but they're probably going to fight each other now out of it. So what does he care? He's going to get some money. Um, And it was just one of those amazing moments. And I hate to, I hate to be a proponent of that type of street violence. Um, You know, and, and Leon Edwards took two stitches. That could have been really ugly. He could have busted his orbital. He could have messed the guy up for real. He could have broken his own hand, not necessarily wise, but, uh, maybe I'm. Maybe there's something wrong with me. I just have to say, in this particular instance, whether I condone it or not, I was super entertained by it. Maybe I'm a vile person. Maybe I'm going to hell. But I just thought it was the best thing ever. And and Michael Bisping was on the desk that night himself, and you could tell he was trying not to promote it or whatever. But he was like, ah, oh, they're fine. It's great. Whatever. Let them fight.
1: Um, what out Thought. What? Who thought? Tony Atlas, I wonder what he would have thought about it.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, a lot of people have different opinions on it, but I think at the end of the day, most people are just like, hey, let's book him for a fight, which causes other problems because now you've got Colby Covington versus Kamaru Usman, and this is all at the same weight class. You've got Wonderboy versus Pettis tomorrow. Um, you've got Jorge probably fighting Leon Edwards now after that debacle, which means Ben Askren, who just beat up on Robbie Lawler, except didn't really beat up on Robbie Lawler, Doesn't have anybody left. He had all this heat going with Colby, but Colby's got the title fight. He had all this heat going with Darren Till, but Darren Till got knocked the F out. I mean, I guess he could still fight Till, but I think Till should go up a weight class and and rebuild himself altogether. So the only person left for Askren to fight is Tyron Woodley, and they're best friends, and they're not going to fight. So those are the two guys that in the current picture um, are just – asked out I guess. I, I don't even know what they do at this point in time. There's nothing there's nothing there for him. So um I, Yeah, I find it interesting. I mean, I'm sure Askren will pick up some kind of fight, but I don't know if he's going to get the top 10 guy that he probably deserves. Um hopefully he gets an easy fight so that he stays viable as a heel in in UFC for a few more fights cuz that was a narrow one that he pulled off over Robbie Lawler, but he I think Ben Askren um if he gets a couple good fights and wins them He could easily be the new Conor McGregor. He could easily be the new top heel in the promotion. He's not Colby Covington. He's not full of crap. He's not dishonorable, but he is great at talking shit and meaning it. And he will find ways to pick on guys, make them look stupid, still not hate them. He's kind of, he's a little bit like the old Chel Sonnen. Um, And Chael never really had his heyday because Chael couldn't win a lot of the big fights, but Ben Askren's undefeated still. So if Ben Askren can do what Connor was doing a few years back and uh, string together a couple wins while still talking smack and then coming out of some controversial decisions like this one with Robbie Lawler and still saying, oh, yeah, no, it was fine. I had that guy the whole time. It's amazing. It's brilliant. Um, MMA needs heels, and especially ones that it's natural to. Not the Colby Covington fake you know, trying to be WWE heels. Um, They need the real ones like Ben Askren. They need more guys like Chael Sutton that is gone or the old Conor McGregor where he would just talk shit and back it up, which he probably at this point doesn't have the ability to do um, against the the top 10 in any of the weight divisions he's been in. I don't think that Conor has it like that right now because he doesn't have the gumption. He's got newborn kids. He's with his family. He's a billionaire. What's that? Isn't he in jail now? No, no. He smashed a dude's phone. He'll have to pay some fines. It, it's not helping his cause. You know, even even the Irish fans, you know, are now saying, "Well, didn't the Irish PM say that Conor McGregor is not a representative of Ireland? Is not what Irish people are all about?"
2: Is he not in Becky's corner anymore?
0: I don't think that's happening. It should. <laughs> but I mean, he's just not. He, the, the 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 luster is wearing off of him. He needs a fight. It'll probably end up being Nate Diaz at this point um cowboy cerrone's already got his fight now and and you know a few of these other guys holloway's got his fight i think it's gonna be nate which isn't the most exciting thing but if he's lucky he beats nate (laughs) and nate doesn't have some magical three piece and a drink left himself that just puts connor flat out um because that would be bad business for everyone but hopefully he'll beat him and then maybe he can fight he still wants the khabib fight which is just stupid Conor fights Khabib again, he gets murdered by Khabib. Like he needs to fight guys in the top
2: 15 not the guys in the top 5.
0: But it is what it is. All right, I'm out of things to say. I have really one question. Go ahead, go for it.
2: This is uh this is uh for me if you can answer too, but mainly for me. I I just was uh found that Sting had done an interview. Um someone asked him, uh, you know, what would it take for you to have another match? Which surprised me cuz I thought Sting's it was like Sting would need surgery and a bunch of stuff to, to wrestle again. So cool. It just wasn't worth it. Um, Sting yeah, Stinga said that um, he would come back only for one match, which is the one he's been wanting for a long time. Again, Undertaker, Taker, right? Undertaker, yeah. Now, Ugh. at this point, <laughs> Meef, don't give away the answer yet. Meef, do you want to see... Present day Sting versus present day Undertaker. I would rather burn my eyes out with a hot poker. Dave, how long have you spent shading the Undertaker's crotch with a crayon?
1: Oh that was that was that was easy because he has no dick. Vincent Mann's got it on his mental piece. His oh balls.
0: Casey's gonna murder you. Oh, it's
1: so nice knowing you. Me. I mean, he's, he's coming back though, isn't he? He's coming back for the Saudi Arabia show. So yeah,
0: yeah. You
1: know, we get to watch him die again. I mean, can he? Can he survive that? This is all I can shit? say. I mean,
0: this is all I can say to that. Right now, right now. That's. Do
1: they, they let people out of homes in America? You know, I thought when you put someone in a home, that was it. They didn't come back out. Wow.
4: That's where he fucking wow. belongs.
1: In a fucking what if room. Sting comes back?
0: As Steve Williams and changes his name to the new Doctor Death, and then what takes on doctor. Undertaker, and it's like Death versus Death. What if
1: the thing <laughs> is? Does, does Undertaker have children? Sting has because be- surely one, one of them the he claims? claims. You know, they someone would have held a pillow over his face by now to get his fucking inheritance, wouldn't they?
2: You know, it'd be yeah. great a three way retirement match where the two losers have to retire. Sting. <laughs> It's Taker and Baron Corbin for the pre-show kickoff match at WrestleMania. And Baron Corbin loses, so he has to retire. (laughs) I like Corbin. Do you see the TGI Fridays? I feel like
0: like Mania is going to be like seven hours long this year, isn't it? It's going to be like 10 matches on the pre-show.
2: Josh Pillow, by the way. Shout out to Josh Pillow. Because he's
0: listening right now. Yeah. At, at three hours into the show, or whatever,
2: he had a, he had a funny interjection yeah. about WrestleMania. He's like, It's gonna be like this many hours long, it actually starts tomorrow. <laughs> you know that, don't you?
1: do you see the TGO Friday thing?
2: I think that's probably how you saw it. You go ahead, say it, go ahead, steal the material that I stole. You see, well,
1: I you. Did you see what I sent you in the DM? I, I
2: need read, to see your reaction I don't to that. What you. Anyways, so here's basically this. Will- Apple TJI Fridays said that they fired Baron Corbin for taking the vest home.
4: <laughs> TJ awesome. Fridays
2: won't even put Corbin over, but he gets the retire Kurt Angle.
4: Oh,
0: uh, you know, you know, he's gonna win that match too, right? Corbin, yeah, yeah. They're Angle- totally not gonna let Angle win that match.
2: Angle can't do anything besides stand, hunt, stand hunched over.
0: Yeah, I know. Gable couldn't even make him look good.
2: Gable's like fast, and Angle didn't even. I don't know.
0: Well, his kickouts aren't really a kickout either. They're kind of like a a hop up. He can't because he can't independently move anything. He has to do this. Yeah. And I mean, I still think parts of his matches are actually decent because the guy has a good work rate. But I mean, his move set is is crippled. Uh, you know, he's not a young guy and he can't perform a lot of stuff. He but he g- but he but he hasn't modified his match style to fit where his body currently is either. No. And that is why he is absolutely correct to retire. He's not he's not too old to wrestle. He's too old to wrestle like that.
2: Yep. Yeah. But and and he's also, kind of, um, he can't German suplex. So you see. Um, Guys. But why mean, do guys when they to get good. to the,
0: this point in the career think that they still have to do those spots i mean rem- remember when it was flair and he was still trying to do the the up and over thing where he he goes up and over the turnbuckle and then he gets the clothesline and falls down on the apron
2: the and it got to the, to the w- point
0: in wwe during one of those final runs where it was just like oh my god please just take that move out we get it we get it Ric flair it's a, it's one of your greatest spots can you just not do that one anymore it,
1: botched it. That what's that It got to that point in WCW. No, he was 1998. When
0: he showed up and he was doing the evolution angles and stuff with Triple H, he was still hitting them and they were getting the nostalgia pop, just like Undertaker going old school or whatever. But it got to the end and like the last couple of them, he just blew them completely and just couldn't even do it. It was really sad. It was just like, oh my God, you're 60. 60. 60. No wonder you can't do it. Stop doing that shit.
1: About the uh, WrestleMania, you know, it's going to be the last match. Will be Triple H and Batista. It'll be the main event, and <laughs> it's going to be the NWO NWO versus
2: Evolution. No. Yeah, I'm I'm trying t- trying Triple
0: H Batista will end the first hour.
2: I-, I think Batista's doing good work, and blah blah blah. I'm tired of uh, Triple H acting tough. I think I like his Papa of NXT sort of gimmick. But I don't I like when he's on the ring saying like uh oh, this is for he real. I hate you. I'm you up to Batista. I'm like, I'm tired of watching. I
0: don't I don't mind the angle too much, to be honest. I, I think they'll have a fun match. I'm kind of glad to see Dave back. I yeah, I do find it a little weird that they brought Dave back in the heel role. I get it because I think they just thought that there's no way Dave's gonna come back and and Triple H isn't gonna get the heat, but You know, they've done Triple H as the heel before. They did it with him against Seth, you know, and made Seth the Kingslayer. And I, it is difficult to put Triple H in that role now, though, because wrestling fans genuinely do like him for all that he does for the business behind the scenes right now. He does great work behind the scenes, so it is hard to make him the heel. I just, you know... Batista's freaking the Guardian of the Galaxy.
2: People love him now for the same thing. Right. So it, but I think it's more fu- I think he's having fun playing the heel. I hope so.
0: I hope so. And it, and it's a little bit fun too. I mean, I liked his little office gimmick, you know. I liked the end of it this past week with the get out of my office thing. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. I had fun with it. It wasn't like a great gimmick. It's not I'm not buying WrestleMania to see it, that's for sure. But if you're going to have a celebrity come in, at least you're having a celebrity come in who is a qualified wrestler who's still in good shape, who can actually probably go pretty good. His knees I hear are in fabulous condition these days. So let him come out, do his thing with triple H H actually looks more yoked than he has in a while too. It looks like he's probably been in the gym. They're probably both taking TRT. So let him get in there. Which is not, I don't believe TRT is against the uh, WWE substance policy.
2: Isn't there something about um, testosterone replacement being a symptom of steroid abuse? And that's where it kind of gets, um, Stigmatized,
0: yeah, because some well, because a right. lot of guys needed it after abusing steroids, they had to do the TRT, yeah. Um, but no, you can just do a TRT replacement, and there's other just testosterone boosting treatments out there that are not steroids.
2: Can we get a, a testosterone booster sponsoring the show?
0: Uh, sure, I'll work on it.
2: I'm, ge- I'm getting, I mean, Meef was asking me about it, and I'm like, Meef, you're you know. I understand you i mean we can
0: don't. at least we, we can at least get some gas station dick fills to sponsor us i'm sure
2: let's go to it's go to south dakota get some trucker speed and you know, butterfly we'll now. get
0: we'll get like you know sheer insta test and thins to sponsor us or something it'll be fun we'll just get gas station high on the show all the time
2: oh my god
0: like truck
1: drivers
2: I did i tell you um Kurt Angle. by the way i'm going to be returning okay. the trailer to my short film soon um And we're submitting to festivals everywhere because someone asked about that. But there's a scene where I had to like, I was acting, I had to scoop a bunch of pills off a desk and pretend to swallow them and chug it with whiskey. And uh, which was apple juice for all but one of the takes. Uh, But basically. Sorry about uh, the
0: piss that one take. That was my fault. I apologize.
2: Whatever. (laughs) Anyways, uh, but I'm like, I cheated. You know there's it's a gimmick you cheat swallowing the pills because I can't spit the pills out, or else by the third take it'd be horrible, you know and um but amongst like the sorted pills that are over the counter normal stuff, someone went to seven eleven and got a bunch of those like big colorful looking pills which do all sorts of things to you, and one of the takes one of those pills got in my mouth oh. So I had to do the thing and it was in my mouth. I had to somehow drink a shot of whatever it was without swallowing the pill and then hold you know and hold the take. And then as soon as someone said cut, I spit it on the carpet. I almost like
0: Did it the real question is, did it last more than four hours? No, I spit it out. Sign.
2: That was the first shot of the day and I almost took a seven eleven boner pill. Yeah at was- the beginning of a shoot day. That would have been that would have been an interesting, interesting day.
0: And on that note, I think that's a place to end this one. So, thanks as always to our co host Miflo from across the pond and from right here on this side of our pond, just ever so slightly in uh, New York City. Big area. up to Brooklyn. Be- Bed- Ver- Bedford Stuyvesant.
2: Bed- Stuy.
0: Stuy area. Are you in the next Mike Lee movie?
2: Yeah, I'm in all of them. All right. Watch them again. Watch them again.
0: That's at Byron Fever. That's at Miflo. I am at Justin Harvey 75. If you're looking for us to say mean or nice things to us, thank you so much to Iho Del Fantasma for stopping by tonight and telling us all about this uh, parting way with AAA thing, which uh, you know broke news right before we went on the air about uh, it being a completely amicable split. I had no idea what we were getting out of him tonight. Um, and that's really awesome. And he has promised to come back soon and talk to us about some other things that are going on with him and hopefully have a bunch of good news about some awesome bookings. So hopefully that will happen as well. Thanks to Miflow for getting him on the show. Um, and we really appreciate that. Thank you to all of you guys for listening and watching. And until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix.